Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long. Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. Inception is an action sci-fi film released in 2010 and directed by Christopher Nolan. Inception tells the story of Cobb, an extractor who is tasked to enter the dreams of a man and plant the idea to dissolve his father's empire in order to return to his children. The movie is available on Prime Video. Please consider watching this film before joining us for the discussion portion of the show. Spoiler alerts are ahead. Cobb and Arthur are two extractors inside a multi-layered dream of the target Saito. When the dream collapses, Saito is impressed and offers Cobb the job of inception on Robert Fisher, who is the son of Saito's main competitor, with the main objective of dissolving his father's company. If the inception is successful, Saito promises Cobb he will be able to erase his criminal history, giving him the opportunity to see his children once again. Cobb and Arthur assemble a team including Yusuf, a chemist to deeply sedate Robert, Eames, a forger to impersonate anyone, and Ariadne a college student tasked to be the architect of the dreams since Cobb is unable, due to the possibility of his late wife Ma disrupting the dreams. When Robert's father dies, Saito buys out the airline in the same flight Robert is on. The team sedates Robert as they enter a three-layer dream to perform the inception. The first dream begins as they abduct Robert. Robert's subconscious attacks the team as it is trained to protect itself. During a shootout, Saito is mortally wounded. Cobb reveals to the team that death in a dream under the powerful sedative results in entering limbo, which is an infinite dream state. With no choice but to continue, Yusuf drives everyone off a bridge and a van in order to wake up through a kick as the dreams continue in deeper layers. In the second dream, Eames impersonates Robert's godfather to trick him into thinking he was working with the abductors, leading Robert to break into its own subconscious when they enter the next dream. Meanwhile, Arthur gathers everyone in a hotel and blows up the hotel for the kick. During a conversation with Cobb and Ariadne, Cobb reveals to her that he performed an inception on Maul after they spent time in limbo. When Maul awoke, she thought she was still dreaming and committed suicide to wake up, causing Cobb to flee and leave his children behind as he was framed for the murder. In the third dream, a projection of Robert's father is there to complete the inception. However, Maul appears and kills Robert, sending him and Saito into limbo as Saito's health declined through each dream. Ariadne shoots Maul, prompting her and Cobb to enter Limbo to find Robert. Ariadne revives him back into the third dream. There, the idea is planted, as Robert's father tells him to create something for himself, as Eames collapses the dream with the final kick. When all the dream kicks synchronize in order for everyone to wake up, Saito realizes that the inception was successful. At the airport, Cobb is able to pass through customs without trouble. The film ends with Cobb reuniting with his children. Cobb spins a top previously owned by Ma, to distinguish dreams from reality. The top continues to spin, but wobbles, leaving Cobb's fate ambiguous. You know something, brother? If we don't get started on this episode, we'll be here for another fucking three hours. We ain't about to do that shit, brothers. So let's not waste any time. So welcome, everybody, to episode number 50 
Big 5-0. A mini milestone right there. We hit the half-century mark. Episode number 50 of Beer in a Movie with the Weast Side Boys. We're your host, Fantastic as always. I'm Tiki the Dominator. And I'm Danny. Inception, brother. This is a movie that is by no means underrated, so it goes against everything what our podcast is about. But there's a reason uh, I felt like we had to do this one. I'll get to that in a little later. Uh, Inception is one of the most, one of, fuck that, it is the most complex film I've ever seen, at least for me. So preparing for this is quite a quite a test for us. But uh, yeah, brother, we'll get into the movie, the plot, characters, all that stuff. We got a shout out of the week. We got story time with Tiki, but that does not have that. Open up some beers, brother. Let them know what we're drinking tonight. Tonight we are drinking an old brewery favorite, mm. Latitude 33, and this is the Lost Cities, a hazy IPA. Bro, this is my old stopping grounds, man. Mm-hmm. Mm. 6.3%. Fuck yeah, man. I used to work for this company, man. Shout out to my good brothers, Vicente uh, Diaz and Jorge Olmos, man. Much love to you guys, man. Hopefully you guys are listening to this shit. We used to all work together. Uh, Shout out to the good brother Eric Anderson also, man. He's the one that got me the job there. Fuck. Can't forget him. Uh, Last, uh, excuse me, Latitude 33, The Lost Cities, man. This was uh, one of my favorite beers they had over there. You know, the swig. Hmm. I haven't had this beer in years. This is fucking fantastic, brother. Yeah. Uh, while you ponder off on uh, the ranking of this beer, brother, it's time for a shout out of the week and story time with Tiki, brother. Let's do this shit. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. And the shout out of the week. And the reason we're doing Inception is because the shout out of the week goes to my sister, my little sister, the best little sister I could ever ask for, my sister Roxana. But we all know her as Lochi. So, Lochi, bottoms up. Cheers to you. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Lochi does not drink, just like Johnny from The Room. Johnny doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe you're probably eating a gummy or something. All right, be careful, damn it. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, man, Inception is her favorite movie of all time. And of course, I've known her my her whole fucking life. So I got a million fucking stories. So it's time for everyone's segment. Story time with Tiki, bro. Let's do this shit. Do it. All right. So I remember this one time, bro, like Lochi used to have this uh, Barbie Jeep, right? She would drive this shit all the time in the backyard, man. She loved that fucking thing, man. And unfortunately, it broke because of my stupid ass. And I blame it on the fucking Chargers, bro. Hmm. They, I used to be a massive, massive, massive Chargers fan. San Diego Chargers fan, not yeah. LA. Mm-hmm. San Diego. And one time, they lost by one point, dude. It was a fuck. I got so fucking angry, dude. I got so fucking angry that I picked up her fucking Barbie Jeep and I threw it against the tree, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I got the bat. I got a bat and I was just fucking smashing it up, bro. That's how. God damn. Yeah, bro. It was my bad. And then when I turned around, our dad was looking right at me, dude. And our dad has these like crazy green eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like Scar from The Lion King. Yeah. So he gave me the look where like he just kind of gave me that look and I'm like, oh, I'm in deep shit, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I fucked up this Jeep, dude. And then the next day, I believe, look, she goes to the backyard. Like, keep in mind, she's really little. And the fucking thing won't work. Mm. And so she goes and charges it for a whole fucking day, thinking, <laughs> like, yeah, that it's just the battery. Yeah. And then, yeah, she told our dad, like, oh, why is it not working? And my dad didn't, like, throw me under the bus or anything, dude. Yeah. He just says, oh, maybe you should charge it longer. <laughs> <laughs> and no, uh, I fucked it up, dude. And then it wasn't until maybe a couple years ago when she showed me a picture of the Jeep, mm-hmm. which probably, I'm probably going to post it. Yeah, for the Instagram part of it, that I admit it to, I go, hey, the reason it doesn't work is because 
I got pissed off that the stupid fucking Chargers lost one time. You know, that reminds me of a story now that you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to, when I was a little kid, I always wanted a Power Wheels, right? Yeah. those things were badass as shit, right? Yeah. So, but my parents never bought me one. I forgot if we asked or something, but they were mm-hmm. probably like, fuck that, you know? Mm-hmm. But I remember the kid group in my neighborhood, there was like this girl that had a, a, a Barbie Corvette one. Oh, and I remember there was like one day where all the kids are hanging out and I just fucking, I jacked it and I was driving around in it <laughs> and people were giving me shit. They're like, oh, you know, they're like, cause you know, it's like, it was like fucking bright pink and shit. But yeah. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> I just like flipped them off and drove away. <laughs> like, this is sweet, dude. But yeah. That's great, man. Forgiveness is good for the soul. So thanks, yeah. Lochi, for, for forgiving me. My bad. And that is story time with Tiki. Bottoms up, Lochi. Yeah. Mm. All right, brother. You want to rank this beer? Let's go for it, man. Yeah, you go ahead and go first. All right, thank you, man. This is my old stopping grounds. Whenever there was a shift, uh, the shift is over back at Laddie. Uh, this was always the beer I went to. Give me five stars out of five. This is personally my favorite hazy of all time. Uh, for me, everybody here knows that I am enthusiastic about every IPA that touches my lips. <laughs> this is no exception. This reminds me of, you know, Christmas. Because it's like drinking a Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, it's not my favorites. It's, I don't know. I'm going to give this one a 2.5 out of 5. Just dead middle. There you go, man. Fuck it. Different taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. The reason we chose this beer is because there's a term in the movie Inception called limbo. Where it's like an infinite dream state, right? Mm. So when you wake up, they're probably like, fuck. Where the fuck am I? They feel all lost. It's a hazy IPA. Mine's <laughs> all fucking hazy. When you go down to limbo, everything's lost. Mm-hmm. The lost city where Maul and Cobb go look for their fucking world down in limbo. I thought it was really appropriate for this episode. That's good. Yeah. But all right, brother. Inception. Let's get into it, man. Uh, my introduction to this was basically I saw that Leonardo DiCaprio was in the movie, so I'm going to go and fucking watch it. Leo is one of my favorite uh, actors of all time. Yes, all time. I probably have him in my top five, if I'm uh, being honest right here. Um, anytime him or Christopher Nolan makes a movie, I'm going to check it out. Uh, and then just the whole cast by itself, man, you have some fucking amazing cast that we, we're going to get into that in a little later when we get into the characters and stuff like that. But uh, but you, brother, you had not watched this, huh? Yes, I have never seen this movie until this podcast. And... Mm-hmm. I remember when it came out, everybody was going nuts over this movie. Yeah. And they were like, Danny, you got to watch this movie. And I'd never watched it. I didn't watch it in theaters, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I remember even like two years after, I'd be like, oh, I haven't seen Inception yet. They're like, what? Yeah. You haven't seen Inception? You got to watch it. And I was like, you know and what? And I was one of those that said that. Yeah. It's everybody that I've ever met. So I was like, what? You got to watch Inception? And I think like subconsciously that made me not want to watch it more. Mm. Just because, I don't know, I have to be in a mood to watch movies, and then uh-huh. everybody overhyped the shit out of this movie, so I was like, I just never found it in my heart uh-huh. to, to sit down and watch it, but now I finally have. But you're a, Chris, you're a Christopher Nolan fan, though, right? Yeah. And I you mean, still like, didn't feel like going out of your way to watch the film? No. Um, like I said, I'm not one of those people that follows directors and mm, all that oh, stuff. Oh, that's right. Like, I did know it was a Christopher Nolan film, you know, and I really loved The Dark Knight. Yeah. I like the the first Batman. Um, is it just called Batman, the 2005 one? Uh, or is it Batman Begins? Begins, I yeah. believe, yeah. Like, that one I thought was solid. Uh, the Dark Knight I thought was a masterpiece. Like, that was yeah. like That was like lightning striking. Oh, yeah. And then this movie I skipped 
and then uh the, what was the last one the dark knight rises i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't even i don't think i've seen that one the whole way through solid I, yeah solid yeah. i liked it by the way, dude, when I saw The Dark Knight, I was in Thailand, dude. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for my suit to be uh, done because yeah. I had bought a suit. Yeah. I was yeah, I was tailor-made and everything. I was. They told us, oh, it, it'll be done in a few hours. And then there's a theater right there. And I said, oh, fuck, you know what? Just get a little bit of time. It's yeah. fucking hot as shit out here. Let's go inside where it's like nice and cool. Mm-hmm. Got the VIP section. And uh, they like they come up to you with like drinks, alcoholic drinks and shit yeah. like that. Yeah, you had to rice for the emperor, which I thought was like real interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude, it was it was quite an experience. The Dark Knight is one of the best fucking movies ever made. Dude, yeah, in my opinion. But yeah, brother. So back to Inception, man. Let's get into the premise of this movie. Mm-hmm. And the premise of this is that there is a man that enters dreams. That man is Cobb. Uh, his name is Dom Cobb. But going far, I'm just gonna call him Cobb. All right, we'll get into. The characters a little more. Yeah. He has to enter the dreams of a man, and he has to plant an idea while they're dreaming. And that plant is to dissolve another man's business in order for the one that's hiring him to inherit, like uh, basically, like complete total uh, global dominance from an energy company. Uh-huh. And if he is successful, he gets to see his children once again. Uh, that's a lot to digest right there, right? So now let's get into these characters. Uh, the Man, again, this fucking cast is amazing. I already mentioned Cobb, played by the great Leonardo DiCaprio, man. I thought he did a wonderful job here. Uh, he always does, but there there are some points in this film that I'll get to where I was kind of like, what? Like, that's it? Like, that's your fucking thing here? And we'll get into that. There's there's one in particular I'll get. It's like towards the very end of the film. Uh, the next character I'm going to get to and the whole reason this is even a fucking movie is because of this character. It is Saito, played by Ken Watanabe. I thought he did a wonderful job as well. Uh, Saito is the one who hires Cobb and uh, to assemble a team so that he wants him to plant the idea to his uh, competitor uh, to dissolve his father's empire. That competitor is Robert Fisher, played by Killian Murphy. And he is always in Christopher Nolan films. As uh, as far as I know, did you get a chance to see Oppenheimer? By the way, brother. Mm, no, but it's on my to watch list. Same, bro. I just I heard that it was like three hours, and it's like, yeah. Since we're always watching movies for this, I'm gonna find a time where I really have downtime for that mm-hmm. one to sit around. For, yeah, and I'm not gonna go to a fucking theater and sit in three hours for a movie. I'd rather do it at the comfort of my home. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I did mention that Dom has to assemble, or excuse me, Cobb. He has to assemble a team uh, to help him. Uh, plant the idea in this and these are the the members of his team let's start with arthur played by joseph gordon levitt he is always fantastic and everything i've seen him. and by the way bro i gotta say this all right our episode of mysterious skin is about to overtake the strange thing about the johnsons for our number one most listened to episode huh i hadn't i hadn't followed that yeah dude if if you had told me when we started this podcast, dude, Mysterious Kids to be our most listened to episode, I would say, nah, you're lying, brother. <laughs> right? Because that movie's just so underrated and so out there and yeah. so, like, grotesque, you know? Yep. Fucking, it's it's almost there. It's mm. about, it's like about to overtake the strange thing about the John, which wow. is fucking crazy to me. Yeah. All right? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Arthur. He is uh, basically Cobb's right-hand man in this. Uh, other uh, members of the team is Eames. Played by the great Tom Hardy. Fuck, Tom Hardy's a fucking badass, dude. He is so sick in this movie. Love Tom Hardy, man. He's he's always a uh, fucking treat to watch, man. Uh, Eames is the the forger. 
He impersonates anybody he can, and that comes in very handy later in the film. We'll explain that in a little bit. The next character we can get to is Ariadne, played by Elliot Page. And Ariadne is a college student who has to architect the dreams. And the reason she has to architect the dreams is because Cobb cannot because of his wife, who is played by Marion Cotillard. Man, she is Ma. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with Marion Cotillard, at the very end, I'm going to get into some films. If you enjoyed her in Inception, you're going to... I'll tell you guys about a couple movies she was in that uh, she was fantastic. And she is an Oscar winner. I don't know if you knew that, brother. No, I didn't. Okay. And the last character I'm going to get to is uh, Yusuf, played by Dalip Rao. He is the chemist of the team. And he is very important because he is the one that helps make a powerful sedative to sedate Fisher while they go into... May I have three layers of dream to plant the idea in his mind. All right. And really quickly, I just because this movie is, man, it's really deeply layered and very complex. So there are three terms I'd like to bring up before we get into the plot. Uh, the first one is the word totem. So the word uh, totem is, in this case, a piece or an object that helps these people that go into the dreams to distinguish uh, dreams from reality. Uh, the totem that everybody's familiar in this movie, if you've watched it, is the top that turns. Uh, I'll use that as an example because when Cobb uses the top, he spins it. And when it tips over, he knows that when it tips over, he is in reality. He is not dreaming because in a dream, the totem spins, spins and spins endlessly. All right. The next word I uh, term I got to bring up is limbo, which is the infinite dream state. When you die in a dream you go to limbo when you're under this powerful sedative. And it takes an infinite amount of time to get out of there. We'll get into that a little later. And the last term I'm going to get into is the subconscious. It is the affecting thought and or feeling without entering awareness. So in this case, when you are sleeping, obviously, you are not aware of your surroundings. You're fucking sleeping. So your thoughts in the dream is your subconscious. Does that make sense? Please, for you, all of you out there. And I'm going to pause right here and I'm going to say this. If you have not seen this movie, pause it and then watch the movie. You'll have a better understanding because this is the most fucking complex movie I believe we are going to review. So pause it, watch the movie. And right now I'm going to assume that you paused it and now you're joining us. So here we go. So brother, one more swig for the good men right here. Bombs up. Cheers. Mm-hmm. And let's get into this fucking complex film that is Inception. Here we go. One more swig, brother. I'm thirsty. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So the film begins like at a beach or a shore. This is the introduction of Cobb. Cobb is being woken up basically with a guy uh, with a gun. Uh, he looks kind of like a soldier. Mil uh, not military, but just like maybe security yeah. somehow. Uh, as he's waking up, he can see children randomly to the side. More on that a little later. He is then taken to a mansion of an elderly man. And this elderly man has a top, which I already mentioned. In this case, it is the totem. A little more on that a little later. And then after this, um, well, the, the elderly man, as we can see, he's Asian, right? He tells him to take a leap of faith, right? And then it transitions to Cobb and Arthur, the two extractors. They are speaking with Saito, who is telling them about how to... Uh, stealing and in, in this place uh it's called an extraction you're you're stealing information in a dream and they are trying to train him how to uh 
his subconscious, right, to kind of protect it while they yeah. are in a dream. Yeah, right? the, the they're trying to pitch to him like mm -hmm. to hire them as consultants to train him. Mm -hmm. That's the whole basis. Yes. And then when that happens, it transitions to Cobb. He is sleeping in a chair. Saito is right next to him in a bed sleeping as well. And Arthur is also seen sleeping. And you can see that there is a city. They're in a city and, and like, it's, it looks like anarchy. Hmm. It looks like a riot is going on outside the, this premise of where they are at. Yeah. And then it transitions back to the mansion with uh, Saito. Uh, and this is the introduction to Maul played by Marion Cotillard. She's very lovely in this. Uh, Cobb goes up to her and, and Maul says to him, if I jump, would I survive? She then goes on to say, Did, do the children miss me? So now we know right here that this is Cobb's lady. More on that a little later. What Cobb has her to do is she wants her, he wants her to sit on a chair. He ties a rope. Uh, so that they can, uh, he can go down and and basically steal. So what this whole thing is about is that in this, Cobb is looking for a secret safe, and inside that safe is uh, very valuable information. Um, Maul gets up from her chair, so she can't be trusted. We know off the bat now this bitch can't be trusted, right? She leaves. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then we also know that that is Cobb's lady. So I got some questions now already, but more on that a little later. Uh, while they're looking for this, uh, Cobb's looking for this secret info in this safe. He sees that there's confidential information that is that is blurred out. Uh, so, it, so basically, brother, in this scene, right? They are extracting the information, right? They're stealing basically yeah. all the valuable information from Saito since oh. he is the subject of this dream. Yep. All right? So the he opens a safe, but then Saito... And Maul catch him. They have Arthur. And then this is when he, Saito realizes that they are asleep. So holy shit. They are dreaming in this fucking scenario right here. Uh -huh. Right? And so now that... Uh, they, well, so basically, they fucking failed here. Yeah. But but like, here's, here's the thing I don't really understand. It's, it's like Arthur and Cobb. If they... They did their part, right? Like they uh -huh. opened the safe. They did all the inf like they did everything they had to do. They're trying to get into the safe. Yep. So if they failed, is it because Saito didn't fucking give them all the information? Mm. Like, how is that their fucking fault? Uh, I don't think so. I think Maul is the one that made them fail, right? You think like maybe Maul, like he... like pretty much told Saito? No, I don't think she. Well, she was there like as his foil, right? Um, because what happens? She she gets a hold of Arthur, right? And then mm -hmm. she's like trying to torture him and stuff. Or did I jump ahead too far already? Yeah. No, you know, you're right there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, he was already suspicious a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. And he had, uh, Saito already had training on how to prevent, you know, yeah, to, uh, the subconscious. Yeah. Yes. How to, how to prevent it. So, uh, yeah, it was just, I think Maul was the spoiler in this situation. Oh yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, so Saito knows that the jig is up, right? Yeah. And he says, I want the information of your employer to where Cobb says, you know, you need to tell me everything you know because our employers won't take no for a fucking answer. Yep. So basically they'll fucking kill him if they don't get this this uh, this job done, mm -hmm. right? Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that Cobb had a silencer and he fucking, uh, he slid it across the table because they have Arthur. Maul yeah. and Saito have Arthur and they have a gun to him. 
Yep. Uh, when this happens, um, Maul shoots Arthur in the leg, but like in a dream, they don't feel pain. Yeah, that's the whole point because uh, she was saying, what the hell? Yeah, you can't kill me because if you kill me, I'll just wake up. And then mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to kill you. And then she's like torturing him pretty much. Yeah, she shoots him in the leg. Mm-hmm. There's no pain in a dream, but yet Arthur is still wincing in pain and yelling. Yeah, I get, well, they say that you can feel pain in a dream. It's just when you die. When you die, you wake up. Yes. So she is, I guess, torturing him, which I guess kind of tracks with a dream, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Everybody's have dreams where, like, they, it's usually like you wake up, like, when you're falling off a building and, like, right before you're about to hit, you wake mm-hmm. up, you know? It's like that. More on that. Good thing that you brought that up, brother, because that would be kind of like a kick, yeah. right? In this mm-hmm. section. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, Maul shoots Arthur in the leg. Cobb doesn't want him to suffer, mm-hmm. so he jumps across the table and he slides on it and he grabs the silencer and shoots Arthur yep. to wake him up. Yep. And when he wakes up, he goes into the scenario where that riot is going on. Mm-hmm. Right? But we don't know this. We, we think, don't know this we quite. Think they yes, yeah. yes. Uh, man, that fuck, dude. That scene was fucking dope. And what I like so much about the scene, dude, is the soundtrack. But the music played by Hans Zimmer in the back. Mm-hmm. The whole fucking Inception soundtrack is fucking fantastic, dude. With Hans Zimmer at the helm with it, man. The music in this fucking movie is so fucking good. Uh, now that the dream is starting to collapse, right? Uh, the fucking dream, right, that Saito, Ma, and Cobb are still in, uh-huh. it starts to collapse. So because of where they are at with the with, with the riot, Right with the city rioting and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Since that is affecting them, the dream is collapsing. So like there starts like water starts fucking going everywhere. And then Maul, dude, Maul is such a fucking badass. Like even though mayhem is all around her, she is just walking, dude. Mm-hmm. Zero emotion. She is cool, calm, and collected, man. She came off as a total badass, just like not even giving a fuck about the the anarchy that's going around her, man. Yeah. All right. And then we transition to a side character, and this is like he is part of the team with Cobb and Arthur, and that is Nash. Uh, Nash is is being instructed by Arthur because at this point Arthur has already waken up. He tells Nash, "You need to wake up Cobb," and he he can't wake up because he's still in the other dream. He hasn't died in that dream, so he has to dump him in the water, and that's what we call a kick. That kick makes him wake up to now where they are at. Uh, fuck, dude. And then, dude, and this is like what fucking blew my mind too is that while they are now in the scenario where that that city is being rioted and shit like that, uh-huh. they then you see them waking up, like, or you see them sleeping on a train. Yep. So then I'm just like, what the fuck is this? It's a dream within a dream, man. It's a dream within a fucking dream. <laughs> that blew my fucking mind, dude. So I was mm-hmm. like, fuck. But the thing is, Saito doesn't know that yet, right? Yeah, yeah. The dream is starting to collapse, right? And then you see that uh, obviously the they didn't get the information that Saito needed to give them. Mm-hmm. So they now they need to force the information out of him. To where Cobb, after he's dunked in the water, he gets Saito and throws him onto a carpet. In this fucking carpet, Saito realizes that this carpet is made of wool. The one in my home is made of polyester. Yeah. So that's when he realizes that he is fucking dreaming. And then that's what he realizes that he's fucking impressed by this shit. He had no idea that he was going to be in a dream 
within a fucking dream. You know what I didn't like about this scene is they give the architect shit for that. Like, you should mm-hmm. know that it's fucking, but God, like, how would you really know that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess he's supposed to do, like, research, but, I mean, goddamn. Yeah. So I guess, like, this rug was kind of, like, um, inadvertently Saito's totem, right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I right. mean, you, I don't know if that you can count that as a totem because it has to be like nifty, something you can carry around with you the whole time. He's not. I think it's just a description that it's it's not polyester; it's wool. That's that's what I'm saying because like the the it's yeah he's not carrying it with him, but it kind of worked as a totem because yeah. you get what I'm saying because the totem's yeah. supposed to be something that you will be able to tell it's not right, like it's not real. And mm-hmm. when he touches the carpet, he realizes that you know it's it's wool; it's not mm-hmm. polyester like this, but. Yeah, I don't know. No, it just goes to, like, the links that they have to do on this background. Like, the severity of this shit. Because, like, if they don't do this shit, the, the employer is going to fucking kill them. Yeah. So they need to know every single fucking inch of that fucking... Like, if you're architecting the dream, you have to know every fucking inch of detail. But I feel like it never really gets that deep again to the point where, like, they mm-hmm. actually break it down that much. Very true. That was kind of like a... What is it? Uh, like a weird coincidence, I guess. Like, a mm-hmm. one in a million, I guess. Because... Mm-hmm. First of all, why would Saito know that that's a wool carpet? Well, I mean, I guess if it was like his apartment, right? Yeah. But yeah, I don't well, know. Well, he also did say that he hated the carpet. Mm-hmm. So that's how he knows that it's a dream because it's not polyester, even though yeah. he hates it. Yeah, but how would they know that, right? Yeah. 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 Again, dude, you just you got to have all the fine details yeah. for this shit. So when they wake up now from this, because now when there was the whole riot, there's people outside like bombing shit, like, like, arson basically and shit like that right and the the fucking people they enter the fucking dream and that's and did you notice dude that they didn't go after saito they just went after the team right yeah that's that plays into the further explanation yeah that they go yeah through. and so because of that they they die in the dream so then they wake up in the fucking train mm. right and that's why saito wakes up last um, when they wake up in the train, they've realized, yeah, we fucked up, man. This is a failed mission. And then uh cop says, all right, well, I'm getting the fuck out of here on the next stop. And he says, I'm getting out of here because I hate trains. Did you hear that he said that, bro? Yeah. Yeah, he fucking hates trains. And then later on, you'll fucking find out why. Uh, To know that he is still not tripping the fuck out, cop takes his totem, the top, and he spins it. And it tumbles over. That means he is not in a dream. He is in reality. He then is in his hotel room packing his shit up to go because they need to get the fuck out of there. Uh, their employer, known as Cobalt Engineering, is going to be after them as soon as they find out that they failed their fucking mission. Uh, they, he then gets a phone call by his children, James and Philippa. Philippa, unique name mm-hmm. right there. Uh, one of the kids says, uh, if mommy's there, to which... Cobb says mommy's not here anymore. So mm. let's hold up a little bit, man. So now we know that Maul is his lady. Yeah. And then Maul did say, do the children miss me? Yeah. So now we're like, we got even more questions now. Where is Maul? Like, who is she really? Why is she missing? What the fuck is going on, right? At this point, I pretty much figured she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there, man. We'll get there. And then uh, Cobb and Arthur end up going to uh, an upstairs, like uh, where, where the helicopter's at, right? Because they're going to get out of there, right? Yeah. To where Nash, the one who fucked up the architect with the rug, uh, is is there with Saito and his henchmen, who Saito says, hey, he tried to rat you guys out. He ratted you guys out. 
he begged for his life to join you to join me. So he's pretty much telling him, if you want to kill him, here's your fucking chance. To where cop says, no, thank you. That's not how I deal these things. So then they deal with him later. Uh, then that's the last we see of Nash. Uh, Saito then fucking tells, uh, or excuse me, asks uh, Cobb if there is uh, a possibility of doing an inception, which uh, Arthur's really saying, like, no, it's not possible. But Cobb says, yeah, it's absolutely possible. And says, like, yeah, I would like you to plant an idea inside somebody. And he says it's more than possible. And then, like, the, the basically what they're saying is that uh, Saito's main competitor, right? The man is dying. So his son is going to overtake the company. He wants him to plant the idea inside the one that's overtaking the company. He says, I want you to plant the idea for him to dissolve the fucking empire so that Saito takes over the fucking, uh, basically, like, the energy company dominance, right? Yeah. And so there would be no more competition and shit like that. To where Cobb says, like, fuck that. No, thank you. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'll, I'll work out my problems with COBOL engineering. But then uh, Saito says, you know, Cobb, if you do this, I will give you, I will promise you that you will be able to see your children again if the Inception is successful. To where that... Because, again, we don't even know why he's away from his kids yet, mm -hmm. right? To that, like, it's like, holy shit, well, we kind of have to know what the fuck happened. So, of course, a parent's going to want to go with his fucking children. To, so then he accepts the job of doing an inception. But now, Saito wants him to assemble a different team. Obviously, not with Nash. He's a piece of shit. So then this is where we start assembling the team. This, are, this is the introduction to some characters right here. So he goes all the way to Paris to meet his dad, by played by fucking Sir Michael Caine, dude. Yep. And I'm like, that's his fucking dad, dude. They're making us believe that this dude looks like anything resemble him as his dad. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's it's still fucking not as bad as like us fucking thinking Benicio Del Toro and Anthony Hopkins are fucking son and dad in The Wolfman, dude. Like, what <laughs> the fuck, dude? It's like, you're not fooling me there, buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, uh... Because Maul is always like we it's already evident now that Maul's in the dreams of Cobb, so she's fucking shit up all the time. So now they need someone else to architect these dreams. This is the introduction to Ariadne. She is a college student who is tasked now to do these dreams. But the thing is, like Cobb tells her, like, you know, I need you for a job that's not exactly legal. Right? So he makes her do a maze for him. And she fails a set uh, twice, but then after the third time, she makes a maze that he can't crack. Yeah. So now she is part of the team. Uh, this next scene was fucking awesome, bro. So there's a scene where Ariadne and, and, and Cobb are at a cafe. And this is where he explains to them, like, what she needs to do. And it says, you need to build this dream. And then when you think of the subject, the subject is the one who populates the dream. And it's protected with its subconscious, right? So that's... And then this is where Cobb, like, asks her, he's like, when... When you dream, you don't realize that you're dreaming. It's like the you don't even know how it starts. You just know that you're in the middle of a dream. Yeah. And she asked, and he asked her, uh, "When did we get here?" And she's like, "Oh well, we were just." And then she realizes it. Fuck! She, like we're dreaming right now. Like mm -hmm. that was fucking dope, dude. I just like how the transition was. That all they're trying to get this uh, assemble a team, and then just like that, we're in a fucking dream without us even fucking knowing. Ariadne didn't even fucking know. Yeah. So fucking good. 
And then, you know, trippy shit happens in a dream all the fucking time. In this fucking case, they're at a cafe and everything around them starts blowing up. The dishes, the glassware, everything starts fucking blowing up. And when it fucking hits them in the face, that's where they wake up into reality. Fucking great shit right there. This is where they tell them that time is slower in a dream. Yeah. And to uh, that, that's where they, they say, all right, uh, give us five more minutes. Because at this point now, they're in some warehouse looking place, right? And they say, all right, they're attached to this, like, basically the shit that gets them under the dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they tell Arthur, all right, give us five more minutes to dream. But the thing is, like, you don't see them, like, being dosed or anything with a sedative to go to sleep. Because you can't just fucking go to sleep like that. Yeah. Was that a bit of a nitpick, bro, this machine? Because, like, fuck, dude, once I'm awake, I'm not going back to sleep that that easy. Well, I think they're using a sedative, right? Uh, I mean... Are they already? Because they didn't they didn't show it. It's the machine. They The machine is a sedative itself? Yeah, it injects them. But they're using, like, probably something not as powerful as what later is used in the movie ah. because i know the machine like monitors them as well but it also has a sedative in it okay yeah. i didn't know that bro and yeah. i've seen this movie like well over 10 times yeah I, I catch something new every time well they're hooked up to it right like through mm-hmm. their fucking arm like i just pretend that they're all doing heroin but uh, <laughs> is it through a vein i just thought it was like a wrist thing that was that went, went around the wrist and oh, i, I thought... don't know if they were injected because yeah. i never saw like a needle go in or anything yeah, I didn't either, but I, I assumed like it looked like they were like in jail. Oh, okay, so they so. they don't want to like uh, take my hand and fucking baby me to the to what it should be yeah. and shit like that. Okay, so they go under the dream again. They're given five minutes to go into this dream. So now we know that Ariadne is dreaming. This is Ariadne's dream, and Cobb is a subject. So now Cobb's subconscious is what populates this dream. All right. So the the cool thing about this is like just seeing how Ariadne starts fucking around with all the, you know, like the the physics of mm-hmm. this fucking dream. You see yeah. buildings go upside down. You see mirrors out of nowhere being turned uh, like into the city. Right. Yeah. And then it shatters and shit. When I first saw that part kind of scared me <laughs> when it shattered and shit. It was like a little too loud for me. Uh, okay. And shit like that. But then like Cobb realizes he says, hey, like, I've been here before. Like, is this a fucking place? And he has a flashback of him with Maul that they were at the very place that they're dreaming. Oh. And to this is where Ariadne says, I was like, oh, yeah, I cross here to go to college every day. And Cobb says, no, you can't fucking do that. You can't, like, you can't dream entire places because then you're not going to know what's real and what is not. Hmm. So now that they realize that, that the subconscious is, like, knows that who the dreamer is, the subconscious meaning the people that populate this dream start turning on yeah. Ariadne. Yeah. Right? And then you fucking see Maul come out of nowhere because let's remember, Cobb is the subject. His subconscious, so his subconscious would be Maul because Maul is always in his fucking mind. Yeah. Comes, dude, how fucking dope does she look in that coat, dude? Mm. And just, she meant business, dude. <laughs> she has a shard of glass because the mirror broke earlier. She picks it up and fucking stabs Ariadne to it even though the five minutes weren't up yet. Yeah. Uh, and then that's how she wakes up, man. Uh, crazy shit right there. I, I love it already, bro. Like, this has my fucking interest. Oh, mm. excuse me right there. I had a burp right there. Um, the, the other thing I got to say about this is this because now that she's been under the dream a few times, this is where Cobb tells her, all right, you're going to need a totem now, right? So it has to be unique, and you need to know the weight of this totem. You need to know everything about it so that only you know what is uh, reality and what is dream. 
So next thing, Cobb gets his totem, the top, and he spins it and it tips over. So now he knows he is in reality. And then again, he is assembling the next team. This is the introduction to Eames, the forger, played by the great fuck Tom Hardy, man. They go to get uh, Eames. They have to go all the way to Mombasa in Kenya, which they say that Cobalt Engineering, the company that uh, that hired them where they fucking failed. And it's remember, they failed. So they're after them now. Right. That is like basically their backyard. That is where they're coming out of, right? Yeah. So he meets with Eames, and he tells him the idea of of Inception. Is it possible? And even Eames agrees that it's possible. It's just very fucking difficult. Um, Then he tells him the whole scenario about uh, Fisher and then his father, how he needs it to dissolve the company. Uh, Eames suggests a couple things. He suggests that he needs to get to know, or at least he needs to know the relationship between Fisher and his father? Is it strained? Is it anything like that? He also suggests that they meet up with a man named Yusuf to get a powerful sedative in order to go very deep into the layers of the dreams. Uh, and he agrees to take him to Yusuf, but he says, as, as long as you lose your tail, you will. I'll take you to Yusuf. So what ends up happening is that they're in a fucking bar and employees from Cobalt Engineering are right there and they fucking see Cobb yeah. and they go into a fucking chase, a getaway yeah. chase. Ah, uh, dude, I have like a bit of a fucking nitpick right here. Hmm. The scene was fucking cool. Like how he gets away and everything. No fucking problems. It was very cool. I fucking hated the shaky camera in this shit, bro. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, fan of shaky I fucking camera. hated it. Like in some movies, dude, the shaky camera works well. And this one, to me, it did not. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a scene where like he's getting away. So he goes into like in between these walls uh-huh. and he gets himself stuck. It's like, turn your fucking body, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah. I thought the same thing, actually. <laughs> turn your fucking body. Uh-huh. And then, dude, and then the fucking morons who have guns are right there. It's like, you have a clear shot, idiot. He's fucking stuck and they don't even bother to shoot him. Mm. Fucking. Mo- uh, okay. Like, yeah, great. I don't want the movie to end there. I don't want Cobb <laughs> to get shot. I want him to see his children. Yeah. But come on now. Give me a fucking break here. Yeah. Yeah. Any 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 ideas on this brother so far? Like where this you think this is going so far? Um, uh, at this point, I mean, I was following one pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah, the chase scene. I'm not really. I wasn't really loving it or hating it. I was mm-hmm. just at this point. I was just kind of like, all right, where are we going? Mm-hmm. So mm. yeah, so uh, cop is able to get away because as he's being uh, ch- uh, chased by one of the cobalt engineering guys. Saito fucking comes out of nowhere in a fucking in a taxi or a car or something like that and fucking hits the guy. Oh. And he's there. He chased or he followed him all the way to Kenya and Mombasa mm-hmm. because he needs to protect his investment. Yeah. Very smart move. Very understandable right there. Uh, then we get to Ariadne and Arthur where they begin. Uh, they go under a dream. And then this is where like Arthur starts telling him about a paradox and how you can fuck around with uh, Ari- basically like the like more physics in a dream and shit like that, right? Yeah. And then this is where like Arthur basically tells her that, uh, you know, about the whole subconscious thing with with Cobb when they were under the dream. And this is where like um, Ariadne tells Arthur that while they were under the dream, Maul showed up. And then Arthur tells her, well, yeah, well, well, Maul's dead. And that's how we go like, holy shit. No wonder Cobb is always thinking of uh Ma mm-hmm. and his dreams. That's why his subconscious always is populated with Ma every time he goes in a dream. So that can't be fucking good. 
right? Because now we know that, I mean, fuck, she already stabbed Ariadne in a fucking, right? In yeah. the dream. She shot Arthur in a fucking dream. So anytime uh, Cobb knows anything about that, you know Maul's going to fucking be there any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And that's why Ariadne is hired to architect these fucking dreams. That way Cobb doesn't fucking know about it. All right? Good shit right there, man. But then after they lose, uh, Cobb loses his tail, this is the introduction to Yusuf. He is the chemist. And <laughs> this this part kind of made me laugh a little bit, bro, because this is where Cobb fucking tells him. He goes, hey, we need a very specific compound to, to sedate somebody in a fucking three-layer dream to where Yusuf says, ah, not possible. But then, like, really quickly, he says, he just agrees. He goes, okay, mm-hmm. I got a very powerful sedative then, yeah. and then it, it will work. <laughs> then why the fuck did you say it wasn't possible? No, I don't know. <laughs> did you get the same thing, bro? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Fucking, it's like, oh, not possible. But I have a super powerful one that is possible to go three years. Three fucking layers deep. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a movie, right? He has to. Otherwise, it's like movie's <laughs> over. We're fucked, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, dude. But yes, dude. And then this is where Saito basically tells people that I'm going to be part of the team to go into the dreams so that I know that it is successful, which is honestly like, yeah, he has to fucking be there to mm. know that it's successful. All right. So no problems with that shit. Uh, Yusuf then shows all the people that are that go to where he is right uh where they go to dream and shit like that under his sedatives yeah and stuff like that um people go there to dream right uh, under the sedative and then a random old man shows up and he says the dream is the reality like who are you to say what we are to do and shit like that for someone that lives in fucking kenya dude this man fucking knew perfect fucking english without a fucking without a fucking like uh an accent or something like that. Did you get that too, dude? Or am uh, I fucking nitpicking the shit out of this? No, I think you're nitpicking because I was <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I didn't question that. Because all the, like, okay, let's back up a little bit. So in the cafe, or not the cafe, but uh, mm-hmm. when Cobb is trying to get away, yeah, right? And he's trying to sit down and he's trying to order a coffee. Yeah. But then the guy is, he clearly has an accent. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this fucking guy has a perfect fucking English accent. I don't know, man. I think at this point, when I was watching this movie, I just saw a bunch of people. It was like a fucking opium den to me. They're all just high. They're just knocked out because mm-hmm. they're all hooked up to the machine, right? So I think the last thing on my mind at this point was his ability to speak English with an English accent. <laughs> gotcha. Well, you know me, brother. I will question <laughs> anything and everything, even if it's a movie I fucking love. Yeah. All right. But then get up to uh introduction of Robert Fisher, played by Killian Murphy. Uh, he is the last between the company and competition. That's why Saito needs this for energy dominance. Uh, Eames comes up with the idea that he wants to get to know Fisher's uh, godfather, Peter Browning. Uh, and he says, if you can get me this fucking guy, like in a meeting or something like that, then he will do everything he can to fucking uh, to forge him, right? Or to yeah. do, um, what's the word, like transform into him, right? Well, yeah, that's his job as a forger. Yeah. It's not necessarily like forged documents like you would think, mm-hmm. right? He's forging somebody's idea of somebody in their dream. Yeah. So he needs to get access to this guy. And does it say he's his godfather? I know he calls him uncle. He calls him uncle, but he says yeah. godfather when they go over the notes uh, okay. of who they are. Okay, yeah. it makes sense. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so he needs access to this guy to like to learn his mannerisms and the mm-hmm. way that he speaks not to like perfectly imitate him, but mm-hmm. just enough to fool him. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, I, I got to bring this point out really quick since we're on the topic of Peter Browning. Mm-hmm. The the gentleman that played him, I don't know his name, dude. Oh, to it's, me, uh, God, what's his name? But but to me, bro, easily, acting-wise, this guy was the only one that fucking sucked, dude. Like Tom Berenger. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, dude, he was in Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> he was also in Platoon. Oh, that's right, dude. Yeah. So little Angels in the Outfield, him, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, little relation right there. To me, dude, when he delivers his lines, bro, I'm just like the way he delivers his lines and his facial expressions, it just, it was not on par with anybody, dude. Hmm. It looked so fucking unbelievably forced, dude. It looked fucking dog shit to me, bro. I just got to point that shit out there, man. Yeah. When, when uh, he says the will, Robert, that will, it's so, like, I could have done a fucking better job, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm fucking, he just was clear. Everybody else was fucking amazing. He was not. I, I just I gotta say that shit, dude. Okay. Uh, so while we meet Peter Browning and Fisher, they're together now. You see Eames like waiting for them. It looks like he's like about to be enter a meeting or something like that. Hmm. Uh, but you do see they open a door and Fisher opens the door and he sees his dying father. All right, and so it's like fucking a dude. Like he like their father's with them. He's dying and shit like that. And then you can clearly see that the the relationship between Fisher and his dad is strained. Because the the way they he like knocks over some fucking like picture or whatever, um, he's trying to say something. You don't really uh, more on that a little later. We'll find out what he says, but you can't really hear it. But it just does not look good. All right. Uh, and then oh, the thing is now that I remember is that the the thing he knocks over is actually a picture of Fisher when he was a kid with his father, yeah. and he has a little like a fan toy. Yeah. Right? Uh, is there a name for that type of toy, bro? Like a pinwheel. A pinwheel. Thank you, bro. Fuck, dude. I just put fucking fan toy <laughs> on my fucking notes and shit like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. So let's transition now to Ariadne and Cobb. This is where Ariadne comes back and she has her own totem where Cobb says, oh, let me see that. And she says, nope, you can't. This is my fucking totem. And only I know the way to this and shit like that. And then here's here's the fucking kicker in this part, in this conversation that they have. That Cobb tells Ariadne that the idea of a to- uh, of a totem was Maul's idea. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So it was Maul's idea. And that top that, that Cobb has is Maul's totem. Mm. So let's back up a little bit, man. So if that's Maul's totem and Cobb is the one that has it and he spins it, because Maul's the one that knows the weight of it. She knows the complexity of this totem. Cobb does not. So when the thing tips over, is he really fucking dreaming? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, this is a valid point to bring up. But I think what happens, or what happened is at some point, they were both awake together. And he probably just, he knew the weight of the totem mm-hmm. just through, you know, actually being there. Yeah. He just took her totem. Oof. But I guess it is a good point to bring up that it was her idea yeah. to have a totem because she's the one that struggles with know defining what is real and what isn't so and then when we find out why fuck we'll get there a little later it's pretty heartbreaking man Mm. but yeah yeah Cobb tells ariadne that uh the reason uh maul is always in his subconscious and she's shows uh she shows up to fuck up the dreams all the time Uh is because people think that he killed maul yeah to where she doesn't question him and like Cobb like thanks or like thank you for not asking me if I'm the one that fucking <laughs> well, did. He was like belting off at her. I know. She didn't even have time to fucking say, Did you kill him? She's he's just like <laughs> ranting off and like, oh, yeah. thank, you, thank you. Yeah. Good fucking scene right there, man. So a little more is unfolding about Maul right there. Uh we then transition to Eames once again. 
And he comes up with the idea of like of to plant the idea inside the mind is that we need to take advantage of the strained relationship between Fisher and his father. So uh, in the so he's saying, because let's remember, we need to go into three dreams. And one of the dreams it should be that um, we need to plant the idea that in Fisher's mind, I will not follow in my father's footsteps. Right. Mm. And then in another dream, which I'm assuming is a third dream, is the very fucking idea is I'm going to create something for myself. That way that idea is planted. And then for sure, that's how we know the inception is successful. Yeah. So, they, so that he can dissolve the company. Saito takes over. Inception is successful. All right. Mm. So let's, let's remember that right there, man. Uh, then they start bringing up like uh, some things about like what happens like in a dream. Uh, example is the kicking right here, right? Uh, they show Ariadne what a kick is and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, bro, I, I mean, I'm sure all of us right there, man, we've all been in dreamies where we felt like we were falling. Yeah. Right. And then we wake the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So th this shit was good. Cause a lot of this shit makes a lot of sense because like, man, I've had those dreams where I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like I, I thought I was falling, but I was completely fucking laying on my back. Yeah. You know, uh, good shit right there, man. Uh, and I, and I like how they explained that, uh, in order for these because let's remember again, they need to go in three fucking dreams. So in order for them to all wake up, they need three kicks and three separate layers. And one way to inform everybody that the kicks are on the way is that um, there's music that plays in the background. So Arthur's the one that gets these like headphones and it's music played by Edith Piaf. Did you notice that, bro? Oh, it's, the, it's the French song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so more on that a little later because this all comes with Marion Cotillard. All right, a little on that a little later. Uh, so, yeah, so we need, they need basically like a warning in these dreams when the kick is about to happen uh -huh. so that way we can all synchronize and they can all wake up into the first dream and shit. Uh -huh. Fuck, this is so fucking complex, man. If you guys are a little confused, just bear with us a little more. Take a swig of your beer, relax a little bit, and get one right now. Bob's up, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm all right, and try to bear with this, okay? Are you confused, brother? I'm not, but I'm just saying, are you? Hello? No, I wasn't confused. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now, uh, at this point now, Fisher's father has passed away. He's dead. So now, every two weeks, uh, Fisher takes a, a plane trip from Los Angeles to Sydney, Australia. That is a 10-hour flight. Uh, that's what they said, right? A Ten hour flight. Yeah, I think they said they needed at least eight hours or something. Yeah, and like the. Well, I go fuck, dude. Ten hours to get from L.A. to Sydney? Because well, fuck, dude, I was in a plane for twelve hours from here to Taiwan. Yeah, I don't know. What I, the fuck, dude? I'm not a world traveler, so don't ask me. What the <laughs> fuck? I, that surprised me. I was like, it's further to get to fucking. Eh, yeah. The land down under, dude. Yeah. Nah, fuck. Anyways, back to the task at hand. Sorry about that. Is that he's dead? So now they have. They're going to follow Fisher on this flight. And the plan is for them to, to sedate him there. That way they get... Oh, oh excuse me. Burp right there. Mm. That way they have, all, they have all that time so that when he's under to go into the dream. So that gives them their 10 hours to fucking plant the idea of Inception into his fucking mind. Yeah. Correct? All right. And, and how fucking fitting was that? Because Saito's a rich motherfucker, dude. Mm -hmm. Right? Fucking Saito buys out the airline. Mm -hmm. And then all of them in the team are on the flight uh, so that they're all there within each other 
when the fucking dreams start happening and shit like that. Yes. Good shit right there. Uh, man, must be nice to fucking just buy a fucking airline like that. Well, yeah, you I know? mean, I think all these people are extremely rich. Well, oh, at yeah. least... Uh, you gotta be. Yeah, Saito and... Uh, what's the, the name of the company that... Cobalt? Cobalt, yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're all very wealthy. Yeah. Uh, in the next scene, bro, this is where, like, fucking shit just gets keep getting interesting with Maul. Is that Cobb goes into uh, dreams, right? Mm -hmm. But Ariadne follows him into yeah. those dreams. And then you see that Ariadne sees Cobb with Maul in these dreams. And it's more than that. They're not just dreams. They're fucking memories, man. Mm -hmm. So the, in this memory of a, while they're in dreaming, Cobb is with Maul at their home. And she asks him, like, you know, why are you even dreaming these? Because you just told me not too long ago to not dream entire places. Mm -hmm. Right, so you're like Cobb is doing shit that he they told her not to do. Yeah, yeah. So and the only reason Cobb is doing that because he thinks the dreams are important to kind of keep her memory alive. Uh, yeah, well, I think he says he can't dream anymore, so that's why. Because originally I was like, well, why the fuck is he hooked up to this machine? Why does he just go to sleep and dream in his own dream? Mm -hmm. But he says that he can't dream anymore, so that's why he's hooked up to this thing. But I don't know why, like. Yeah, I don't know. She just comes in and like jacks into his dream, and it's yeah. like, what the fuck? His dream slash memories, dude. Yes. Memory dreams, dude. Mm -hmm. That's some shit. And then uh, you also see that the the kids, like James and Philippa, mm -hmm. are right there in these dreams, but you never see their faces. Yeah, not once. And then you do see like a flashback where Cobb is when he the actual moment when he leaves his children. Wow. And right, so we still don't know exactly why or how. We do know Maul's dead. Okay, and then that he has to leave, but we're not quite there as to why he had to leave. Uh -huh. All right. So Ariadne then leaves the dream. She hops into an elevator, and into that, uh, she goes into another dream. But it's it's this is the part that kind of confused me because it's like, oh, actually, not really then, because in this case, uh, Cobb is the fucking subject, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going into his dreams. Yeah. Therefore, they're going into his memories. Yeah. So. The next place Ariadne goes to, the next dream, when she takes the elevator, uh -huh. she goes into the memory of Maul in a hotel. Yes. Right? And this is where Maul, which, dude, when, when Ariadne steps on that that uh, that stem glass, mm -hmm. fucking the way Maul just fucking hears and looks at her, oof, <laughs> that shit was terrifying to <laughs> me, bro. Damn. Good shit right there, man. Uh, then there's this, like, riddle that Maul tells her, and she says, you're waiting for a train. A train that will take you away. You know where you hope the train will take you, but you can't be for sure. Oh, dude, like this, like I'm not good with riddles, bro. Mm -hmm. But then you start like realizing, okay, Maul is dead. There's a train riddle. Earlier in the in the in the movie, Cobb fucking hates trains. Yeah. And then that starts fucking unfolding, man. She then wakes up, man. And uh See, so this is the part that I didn't really like is that when she wakes up, it's like, okay, now you're like, they just say like Maurice is dead and shit like that. Right. So they know they're all together when they're dreaming. They're under the dreams and shit. Can't somebody go up to Cobb and be like, wait, what the fuck were you under the dream for? We're about to fucking go into a flight right now. What do you mean? Like Fisher's dead already. Right. So then they got to go and fucking like dream. Like no one can fucking tell him like, why are you under the dream for? Oh, you mean like when uh, Ariadne and him? Yeah. He was just like off dreaming by himself and with a thing. Like he used a sedative to Okay, fall let, let's say I'm Arthur, dude, right? Okay. If I see Arthur's, uh, if I'm Arthur and I see Cobb dreaming, mm -hmm. 
I'd be like, hey, dude, what the fuck are you dreaming again for? We know the last time we dreamed, Maul was there, dude. Yeah. This, this can't be good for us as we're going to do this fucking extreme mission that we're about to do. So this is what we would call a plot hole. Um, so <laughs> he supposedly goes off and dreams by himself and nobody checks on him. And then mm -hmm. Ariadne just comes up and is like, oh, you know, let me just hop in on this shit. So, yeah. yes, this is one of the uh, parts where we just have to suspend our disbelief and just accept it. Okay. But yes. It would be kind of weird to wonder why this fool is, you know, shooting up his heroin and dreaming every night <laughs> by himself. But I'm on board, so whatever. Okay, cool. As long as you're on board, brother, so am I. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Maurice is dead. Uh, Fisher's dad is dead. They get on the flight. Uh, Fisher boards it, and then you can see that Eames takes his fucking wallet, dude. Mm -hmm. Good shit right there. The way he, he goes about it, he's so fucking slick as fuck. Eames is a badass character. Mm. Tom Hardy's always amazing. Uh, Cobb gets the, uh, excuse me, Eames gives the wallet to Cobb so that Cobb can give it back to him so they can have a little chick chat before they, uh, board, uh, they, uh, sedate him, mm. right? Uh, they talk about their father, blah, 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 uh, his father, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they ask for a water, which by the way, if, um, Fisher did not want water, then how the fuck were they going to sedate him? <laughs> mm, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they would have found a way. Okay. How, um, do they, how do they sedate Saito, right? In the train. Uh huh. So, hey. There you go. Well, unless he wanted to. Mm. Because he needed to know uh, what he was dealing with, right? No, because Saito didn't. Because remember when he wakes up in the beginning of the train, he sees the one guy who was part of their team, like the Asian kid. Mm -hmm. He just, like, he's like, oh, and he. So they, they tricked him somehow. I think Saito wanted to be on there, under their dreams, so that he knew who he was dealing with. Maybe I don't. Now we're getting like a theory within a theory. So ah, I don't okay. Know. But yes. Yeah, so then he gets his water. The water is spiked with the the powerful sedative. Uh, they drink to each other. So now Rock Fisher is out. He's out like a light. And now everybody gets hooked on. And they're about to embark on the three fucking layer dream. Right before they're about to, you can see Yusuf drinks a little bit of champagne. Yeah. Right. And then they all go under the dream. And bro, like, already, dude, I am fucking invested in this movie. I love it. And then when they get into the dreams, this is where, to me, everything starts getting fucking amazing, man. So everyone goes under, and then we get into the first dream. All right, so it's in the first dream, man, it's raining. All right, this is Yusuf's dream. This is why he was drinking champagne. Mm. He forgot to take a piss. Uh, That's why it was raining. Okay. Yeah. So they, uh, a couple guys from the team, uh, they steal a taxi. Where they see that Fisher is uh, looking for a taxi. They abduct him. Eames goes in there with him. And fucking Saito points a gun at him. I just got to say, that's trippy as fuck. Hmm. So imagine your one competitor in the company fucking has a gun to you. You know, they know, uh, do they say that they know each other? I'm assuming, I guess they would, right? Because it's yeah. like... I mean, but... fucking, like, dude, Saito had a fucking portfolio on this motherfucker. Yeah. Unless, unless he hired someone to fucking do it for him. Well, he did, right? But then it makes mm -hmm. a it begs to say that, you know, Arthur would probably do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. But in real life, like, we'll say, for instance, like, the head of Mitsubishi, you know, who the head of Kia is, really. I mean, right, I guess it's right. public information anyway, right? But I don't know. Yeah. No, that makes sense, bro. Uh, so, yeah, we don't know. Then let's just assume that the, uh, Fisher doesn't fucking know who Saito is. Yeah. But let's say maybe he does. That's got to be a trippy thing that you have a dream. That would actually, if that makes sense, if he, if he knew who Saito was, wouldn't that fuck up the dream? Yeah. Because he'd be like, hey... This is a like, why the fuck would this guy be here, right? Yeah, because let's let's say I'm dreaming this shit. I go, uh -huh. hey man, I had a dream that 
my competitor had a gun to me. Fuck this fool. I'm not, I'm gonna keep going, dude. Yeah. You know, fuck yeah. this guy. You know, but I, I guess that would make it like more difficult to plant the idea then. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, dude. So, anyways, man. Bottles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they're uh, they abduct Fisher, and then out of fucking nowhere, dude, a fucking train plows through them, dude. Yeah. So, let's also remember, right? So, if Yusuf is dreaming this shit, right? And Ariadne, cons- uh, she architect this fucking dream. Uh, the subconscious, right? So, fucking Cobb is in this dream. So, his mind is also populating this shit. Mm-hmm. That's why the train comes through. He fucking hates trains. So, yeah. you know, fucking Maul's lurking somewhere. At least some fucking part of Maul. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that would explain the fucking train. Because later on, Ariadne says, like, yo, I didn't fucking put this train here. Yeah. You know? So, that would fucking explain it. Uh, there's a massive shootout. Then we find out that that Fisher's subconscious is militarized, dude. Mm. So they're fucking shooting at them. They do escape. However, fucking Saito is shot in the chest, bro. Yeah. And that's fucking horrible because, like, let's remember, man, like, fucking Saito is the reason they're under this fucking inception. Yeah. Right? He needs to see all this shit in order to know that it's successful or not. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? They take Saito to a warehouse where they kind of, like, because they weren't prepared for fucking Robert's subconscious, uh-huh. Fisher's subconscious to be militarized. Yeah. They go into a warehouse where we end up finding out that Arthur was the one that's supposed to check the background of this shit. He didn't do it thoroughly enough. Yeah. Right? That's his fucking fault right there. Um, but damn, like that is a vital fucking piece of information you gotta check up on, man. So that makes the fucking task even more fucking difficult. You see Eames who sees fucking Saito in agony and he's about to shoot him. And that's where cop stops him. And he says, dude, you can't fucking shoot him. You can't kill him. Where Eam says, hey, man, if he if I fucking kill him, it wakes him up from a dream. And this is where Saito says no. And the, under this fucking extremely powerful sedative, if you die in the dream, you go to limbo. The infinite dream state, man. Yep. And that's where it, they say that it takes, it's infinite. It could take fucking years, 50 years, uh-huh. an eternity, basically. A whole fucking life possible to be in fucking limbo. In limbo yeah. All right. Uh, they do need to say is that they need a combination for a safe. That's why they need uh, Fisher, mm-hmm. right? Is they need to break into that fucking safe, right? So this is where Eames comes into play, and he impersonates Browning. To remember that is uh that is the godfather of Fisher. Mm-hmm. So he he gets he impersonates Browning in order to get information for the safe because all that information, the will, basically, right? Yeah. For the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Is inside that fucking safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Saito is dying, man. But like even though like he said even though he's dying, he still tells Cobb, like, hey man, I'm gonna honor our agreement if everything's successful. To where fucking uh Cobb says, Hey man, like I appreciate that, man, but limbo's gonna become your reality. You're probably not even gonna fucking remember. Yeah. About our fucking agreement when you wake up and shit like that. All right. So then Fisher then tells Browning. Slash Eames, because at this point, let's remember, Eames is now Browning, mm-hmm. right? That when he was in his, uh, when his father was in his deathbed, he was trying to say some bullshit to him. But the only word he came out that he could uh, remember was that he was disappointed. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's remember that shit, dude. He was disappointed. So again, the strain on the relationship between Fisher and his father. All right. So Arthur and Cobb, man, they end up fucking having a conversation, dude. And this is where fucking Cobb like admits to Ariadne you know that that her excuse me Cobb and Maul were in limbo for 50 fucking years bro wasn't a lot longer than that he said 50 years 
Was it? Yeah. I, I thought it was Be- like. Because they grow old. Remember when at, uh, we're getting there. They're like, you see their hands are all old and shit. They're holding hands. And yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. So Cobb says they were in limbo for 50 fucking years, bro. So that would ex- uh, explain why like Saito probably isn't going to remember shit if he dies and he goes into limbo. Hmm. All right. So that when they were in limbo, Ma woke up and she, she thought that the real world wasn't real anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and so it. she thought that the only way to do is to go back to her life was to kill themselves so that they can go back to reality, which she, which she, we end up finding out is limbo, mm-hmm. right? And she thought that the kids, James and Philippa, were projections, dude. So she comes up with this fucking plan that on the anniversary of their wedding, of Cobb and Mal's anniversary, she is in a hotel, and then the fucking hotel across from them, all right? She ends up telling Cobb, you and I are going to jump off together so that we can die because she thinks they're dreaming. No, when, when we, and she says that when they die, they're going to go back to limbo to their actual reality. Go yeah. for it, brother. What were we going to say? Well, at this point, I'm wondering, like, if she was the one that thought of the totem, why didn't she use the fucking totem? Mm-hmm. So if the totem... Oh, I, I, the thing is, I know why, but okay, go why? for it, brother. Go no, for it. No, no, I'll get there. I'll get there. Anyways, well, then... If the totem didn't work, then what the fuck is the use of the totem? <laughs> like, Good maybe, point right maybe there, the bro. totems are just not, maybe they, they don't help you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, true, brother. There, there is a reason why, though. Uh, okay. We'll get into that a little later, okay? All right. But yes, because of this shit, she fucking tells Cobb, you're going to jump with me. We're going to die in this dream, quote, dream, uh-huh. which is actually reality. And we're going to go back to our reality that we made when we were in limbo, right? Because she thinks limbo is her reality now. Yeah. So she doesn't, she dies. And then she, as uh, she basically frames Cobb for the murder. And this is the reason why Cobb had to leave the children. Mm-hmm. It's because he, they thought he killed Ma. All right. Which I don't understand how somebody that fucking crazy can be passed by three different psychiatrists. Right. Yeah. yeah I guess that's true. And then to make things worse, dude, Another reason why fucking Cobb fucking hates trains is before she jumped, she said that train riddle to him. Well, I thought they hate, she hates trains. Well, I guess we'll get into it later. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. But yeah, she well, she's saying the train riddle to him right before she jumps. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why Cobb hates trains. Hmm. Yes. Uh, back it back into the first dream where Saito's fucking dying. Uh, the the subconscious of the of Fisher is shooting at them tremendously, man. Big old fucking gun scene, fucking badass. Eames is a fucking beast. He gets his fucking uh, massive fucking bazooka gun, it looks like, and just shoots them. Kills a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, like that. Uh, While they kind of distinguish the subconscious shooting at them a little bit, Fisher is now sedated into the second dream because the new plan that they come up with is that they're going to make Fisher think that uh, Browning, right, his godfather, Mm. was thinking that he was working with the abductors so that yeah. when they go into the next dream, the third dream, he breaks into his own safe, which is the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And while this is going on, they get into that van that Yusuf drives, and the plan is for Yusuf to fucking drive off a bridge in order as a kick. Yep. The thing that bugged me about this is how fucking long it took for that shit. Mm-hmm. Because the drop on... Because, okay, let's say a van fucking falls off a bridge. Yeah. It's going to take four seconds probably, dude. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's being generous, dude. Yeah. All right? 
The whole fucking, because they say that fucking time takes a long time in a dream. Mm, yeah. Right? And then when it gets deeper into layers, it gets it more and longer, more. Yeah. Yeah. So that didn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Like, uh, I think we mentioned before, well, not in our own conversations, is that yeah. um, they focus on this falling for like the last fucking 45 minutes of this movie. Mm -hmm. But they just glaze over the fact that of the like 45 minutes it took him to fucking drive from <laughs> when they all fall asleep to the bridge. Yeah. It's like, we're just, okay, that's just whatever. That takes like 10 seconds, but him falling from the bridge to the, to the water takes, you know, the rest hour of this movie. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true, brother. That, that is like, if I do have a flaw with yeah, this yeah. film, it is exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I remember the first time I watched it, I go, Hey, this is interesting as fuck. I'm digging this. I love this. But that to me was just like, ah, nah, mm -hmm. didn't go by me. Like, like how I, I thought it would. Mm -hmm. You know, especially like a brilliant mind like fucking Christopher Nolan. Well, I mean, I guess know? they had to make some concessions so it wasn't like a 10-hour-long movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they cut out the, you know, two months of, <laughs> you know, what what it took in these, these dreams, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But by then, the fucking side would have died. Yeah. Well, I guess they said Saro ha the first layer has a week, right? Yeah. So... And then the second layer was what, like two months or three months, and then the third layer was like ten years or some yeah. shit, right? Something like I don't know. It's fucking crazy, mm -hmm. deeply layered, fully complex, but definitely questions. Mm -hmm. I am waiting for someone. I'm begging for someone out there to make a fucking video essay on this shit, where every single question is. I need Christopher Nolan to fucking do one, dude. That way he fucking like there are no more questions left besides our theories okay. and shit, right? Uh, we go into the second dream now. Uh, Fisher. She is with a lovely lady, all right? And then we end up finding out that this lovely lady... By the way, I believe that's Elon Musk's ex-wife. Uh, yeah. I don't remember her. Yeah. Uh, we end up finding out that that's Eames forging her appearance and shit like that. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. And again, the slick motherfucker that Eames is, he steals his wallet and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And this is where Mr. Charles comes in, right? Uh, Mr. Charles is Cobb telling... Uh, telling in this case um uh, fisher mm -hmm. that hey you are dreaming dude and this makes the subconscious uh fucking turn to them because let's remember once the subconscious knows that they're dreaming they go after them yeah so they're doing something Cobb told ariadne not to do and we're doing them so now all the fucking attention is on the dreamer however the dreamer in this fucking dream is arthur mm -hmm. and arthur's not there so that's why it's taking time for them to fucking attack. Yeah. And shit like that, okay? But by doing that, man, the projections do attack the dreamer and shit like that. Uh, Mr. Charles, uh, this is what we're calling Cobb under this dream. Uh, he has Fisher and tells him, like, hey, you were dreaming, you were in a van. Like, he pretty, pretty much bribes him into thinking that, hey, you're with me, dude. I know what you're going through right now. These people are not here. They, they're here to abduct you and shit like that, right? Yeah. So then, this is where Arthur... Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Charles, like, saves Fisher by thinking that they have abducted him. And this is where they bring in Arthur to set up the explosives mm -hmm. to blow up the hotel for the second kick. Because let's remember, this kick needs to fucking sync up with the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Are you, are you fucking... Ex what, what's up, brother? You no. Got, you got, you got a... What's no, going on? I'm, uh... No, I'm good. I'm just, uh... I'm laughing at Are the... you confused or... No, I'm not confused. I'm just, uh... Hearing you explain it is... It's just... I don't know. Let's keep going. Keep going. Am I wrong? No, or... you're, no, you're not wrong at all. No. 
Oh, okay. Fuck, dude. I thought you were like mocking me or something. Like no, that. I'm not mocking you at all. I'm just <laughs> just hearing the absurdity of you describing it yeah. while not watching the movie uh, just cracks me up, I guess. Okay. Yes. It, it's, it's very complex. It is. Like so, almost overly complex. It is. I think that's <laughs> the fucking whole point because uh, we'll get into his other films that, that I thought like, because yeah. Christopher Nolan is known for his complexity, right? Yeah. There's one movie in particular that I thought like he tried way too fucking hard to be complex, bro. Where I was like, I I'm, like I'm almost, movie. I'm almost not. Even, really? Yep. Fuck no! I love this movie. Mm. Right, well, more on that a little <laughs> later, man. Okay. Yeah. Arthur setting up the explosives to blow up the hotel as a kick, so that it synchronizes with the first dream, so that they can wake up. So now the projection of Browning enters the fucking hotel, which again, fucking shit acting on his part, man. It was horrible. All right. Uh, they do get, uh, uh, they do get uh, Browning. To think, uh, to make uh, Browning think for Fisher that he is with the abductors, mm-hmm. meaning that fucking asshole, like you're my godfather, Uncle Uncle Peter, you're fucking betraying me here. So because of this shit, this is gonna make Fisher break into its own subconscious in the third dream. Fucking brilliant, right there, bro. Hmm. I thought that was fucking genius, right there, dude. And so Mr. Charles did fucking work then. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, fuck, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, we're doing, they're doing shit they're not supposed to do, but they used it to fucking get into the subconscious of Robert mm-hmm. to help them break into his own shit. Mm-hmm. Fucking great right there, man. <laughs> all right. So now that he's on board, they tell him, all right, we're going to sedate you again, but now we're going to a deeper layer so you can help us get into this fucking, uh, this safe, right? That they're getting into to plant the idea. So then we get into the third dream and it's fucking snowing, dude, mm-hmm. which I thought was fucking great because like there's a part in the in the third dream where um, Fisher tells Eames because Eames is the dreamer in the third dream. Yep. He says, fucker, like, couldn't you have fucking dreamt us like at a beach or something? Mm-hmm. Like, why does it always have to be in some fucking like dangerous fucking thing? Which mm-hmm. is true, dude. Yeah, it's like, wh- why does it have to be fucking like in these fucking shit conditions? Well, I, I think they said uh, earlier in the film that when people want to protect something or make it seem really important, they put it like automatically, like for instance, in a prison. Mm. And this is like some kind of super complex mountain base. Mm-hmm. So it's just all part of the like the facade, I guess. I would yeah. I would say of of making it seem like it's really important. My hit- my uh, my qualm with that it would be that. That it's already difficult as it is because Ariadne is the one that's architecting the labyrinth yeah. and the dreams. Mm-hmm. So it's already fucking difficult as it is yeah. in order just so that fucking for the sake of fucking Cobb not knowing what the fuck is going on because yeah. we don't want models show up. Yeah. So like if you're dreaming it, why don't you make it easier on them if it's already difficult to fucking break in? I, I know, I know, brother. I'm fucking, we, we got our questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, in the third dream, man, it's fucking snowing. While that's going on, man, let's remember Yusuf is in a van and he is trying to not get fucking shot by these motherfuckers by Robert's subconscious that's militarized. Yeah, I will say one thing about this is that the only one who managed to get shot in all this was Saito. Yeah. And these fools are like lighting up these cars with these guns. I mean, mm-hmm. cars are not bulletproof. Yeah. If you shoot a gun at a car, it's going to go through it like nothing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's, again, suspension of disbelief, but I guess that's my nitpick because how the fuck is Saito the only one that gets shot in all this? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. The only 
thing I can kind of do to back that up is because you can see like earlier in the movie, like Cobb is already a badass with the rifle. Uh, I mean, excuse me, with the silencer early in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eames is a fucking badass with that giant gun. <laughs> yeah. So they they use these fucking weapons. So I'm assuming they can evade these fucking shots, you know, which is know. Saito is just a businessman. But they're in a car. Like, how much can mm-hmm. you evade? Like, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Absolutely. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is like, what was the, the movie, uh, The Man from Nowhere at the end? Yeah. Like, why don't you fucking, like, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. How and can... these, fuck, these fuckers are dreaming. They have to stay still and they don't get shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this motherfucker's alive and just stays there to get shot. <laughs> yeah. You're right, brother. Absolutely. And then the thing is, Yusuf, who is just a chemist, is the one driving and doesn't get shot. Yeah. When you can just aim at that fucking side the whole time. Mm-hmm. Or even any of the five other people in the back of that van, how nobody else got shot. Why don't they shoot the fucking tires? <laughs> but didn't I say this? In, how many episodes have I said this, dude, yeah, before? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, you're right, brother. For fuck's sake, dude. Shoot the fucking tires, you fucking dumbass villains. Man. But yes, uh, while, while that's going on, Yusuf is doing his best to not get shot. He's trying to drive off the bridge. Mm-hmm. Arthur is fighting the subconscious now. And let's remember, Arthur is a second dreamer. So his idea to get the kick is to blow the fucking hotel up. The problem with that, or I wouldn't say problem, is that the difficulty in that is that while the fucking uh, van is going to be descending down to the fucking earth, uh, the earth, the water, mm-hmm. that also means that he will be in free fall in the second dream. Well, it wasn't supposed to work out that way, right? The kick was supposed to be Yusef driving through the barrier, but they missed it. Remember? They're like, oh, we missed we missed that Oh, kick. you're right, brother. Yeah. So that's why he has to do the whole fucking Houdini shit and like tie people together in zero gravity but then why would why would uh arthur be explaining to ariadne that he needs to do that if, if he because he even says we're going to be in free fall he says uh i don't i don't remember if he said he's pretty much says he explains that you have to have a kick and it can't be in free fall because once you're in free fall the body doesn't know like which way's up or down so you can't kick while you're in free fall so while they miss the kick when he drives through the barrier, he's fucked at this point, and he can't communicate that to anybody else. But in because the, they're sleeping, yeah. In the third layer dream, they do know that they missed the kick, though. So then, yeah. Even Cobb says like, "Okay, well, that gives him five minutes to figure out the, all this <laughs> shit out," and then us twenty minutes, and then yeah. Arthur in fucking five minutes manages to concoct this plan. You wrap them all together and like push them through. You know, Even though the whole scene takes twenty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, dude. And then, like, the thing is, like, Yusuf has to drive reckless, bro, because he's being shot at and shit. Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is with that, bro, is that because he has to drive reckless, dude. Arthur is like kind of like in free fall when he's fighting all the subconscious guys, right? Mm-hmm. And that fucking fight scene with Arthur and the subconscious is so fucking sick, bro. <laughs> with Hans Zimmer's music in the, I'm gonna bring it up another f- couple of times, bro. Okay. But in uh, this scene where Hans Zimmer's music is like playing. While Arthur is fighting the subconscious is so fucking sick, bro. Fucking love it, dude. That was like one of my favorite scenes, dude. Arthur's such a badass, dude. He's one of my favorite characters in this, man. Um, back into the third dream, dude. Eames, like I mentioned, Eames is the dreamer. And Saito, let's remember, he got shot in the first fucking dream. So his health is declining. All right? He's fucking dying. But it's supposed to be going slower each level yeah. down. That's why when they re- uh, when they revive... He's not really, like, hurt. He is coughing up right now in the mm-hmm. third dream. Yeah. And he's coughing up blood. 
Yeah. But he's not fucking like on. Um, he's not dying. But as as the more he fucking does, the more his health declines. Yeah. Uh. So then they have like teams and shit where they have Saito go with Fisher, which again that'd be fucking weird because let's assume that Saito fucking knows Fisher and he's trying to take over his company. I think at this point we just assume they don't know each other. Yeah. Yeah. But you, and again, Saito needs to fucking know the uh, Inception is is um, successful, so mm-hmm. he has to be with Fisher. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But but overall, dude, for something that important, they're really gonna have a fucking dying man fucking go with him. Well, they at this point they have to. They didn't plan for him to get shot, and they they can't back out of the dream. Uh huh. So, I guess yeah. Why do they pick him to mm-hmm. be like the last stand guy? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but Saito has to go with Fisher so that they can break into Browning's fucking or or the uh, Browning subconscious, right? The safe with yeah. all that good shit in there. Okay. Uh, Ariadne has to. I mean, in this shit. Ariadne has to go with Cobb, which to me was fucking stupid because it's like, dude, like Ariadne was hired to fucking architect the labyrinth of the dream so that you don't fucking know. So then why would you fucking go with them? Because if, because like, all right, so now like they need to do everything as quick as possible because Saito's dying. Yeah. They don't want him to fucking die. So they got to go even quicker. Mm-hmm. So because of this shit, Cobb has to fucking tell Ariadne, yo, did, are there shortcuts in this shit? And he and she says, "Yeah, there are, but I can't fucking tell you, because let's remember, fucking Maul's gonna show up. He's yeah. in the he populates the subconscious, the dream. So Maul's gonna fucking show up because if fucking Cobb knows what the fuck the dreams are about, it couldn't fucking Cobb be the one doing Tom Hardy's shit and fucking shit up? I guess he could have. Yeah. So in that case, fucking Saito didn't have to go with him. Eames could have fucking gone there." Yeah, but then what the hell would Saito have done? He's dying, dude. He couldn't really fucking do much. So they're just gonna tell him to go die in the corner? No, he. I mean, he could help. <laughs> it's just he could be with Ariadne and watch her back. Yeah, but then, but he's dying pretty bad at this point, right? So I guess to circle back, it makes sense that he would be the last stand guy. Like, like you can't move, but here's a gun you can at least shoot, right? Mm-hmm. So it worked out, I guess. Okay, then. fair <laughs> enough, bro. All right, back in Dream One, though. Yusuf puts headphones on Arthur, and this is where Edith Piaf's music uh, starts fucking blaring, right? So, like, uh, the music goes through each layer of the dream, mm-hmm. where when they play the music, Arthur realizes in his fucking dream yeah. that the music is going on too soon. Mm-hmm. This can't be fucking doing this. It's, it can't happen right now. So he needs to hurry the fuck up is basically what they're saying. Yeah. In the third dream, Ariadne already told Cobb the fucking shortcuts of the labyrinth, which again, that's not fucking safe. If when if Cobb is aware of the dreams, then that means Maul is too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know she's not far behind. Yusuf then fucking drops the van off the bridge, and well, he hits the fucking barricade. Yeah, which prompts a fucking avalanche in the third dream. Yeah, because let's remember they're in the fucking snow. Yep, this causes Arthur to fucking flow around even more. In the second dream, again, fucking dope fight. Cobb then begins fucking shooting. Like, he starts sniping the projections to help Saito and, and uh, Fisher get to the safe uh, get to the safe easier, right? Mm-hmm. And fuck, dude. And then while Arthur's, like, floating in, uh, in the air, like, he fucking, like, wires everybody together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What was the whole point of the wires, though? What do they need to be together for? If, Be- if he's going to fucking blow up everything any- anyways. Because this is one of those, like, suspension of disbelief parts where you're like, well, you know, apparently it actually took 20 minutes when he only had five minutes. 
-hmm. that is supposed to tell us that he doesn't have enough time so he has to really hurry up so he has enough time though to line them all up wire them together so he can push them all at once instead of one at a time because if you go one at a time that's going to take 45 minutes Uh but if you you have the time to macgyver everybody together (laughs) and fucking get all your bombs together and then push them all that's only gonna take five minutes Give him a fucking duct tape and some celery sticks. He would have figured some shit out with that, dude. So, yeah, that's why he uh, he did it that way. But the, the the question I have about that is that if the whole place is going to blow up, what do they need to be wired for if they're all going to fucking die? Because he needs to get them all to the elevator. The key is the elevator. So rather than taking fucking five trips to oh, get each one to the elevator, I see, I see. he wires them all together and pushes them all at the same time. Thank you for clearing that up, brother. Mm-hmm. That's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. That is dope as fuck. Oh. Mm-hmm. I got, I'm gonna have to credit Christopher Nolan on that then. That's yeah. genius as fuck. Mm-hmm. But yes, a cop is sniping everybody, and then of course, since he fucking knows what the fucking labyrinth is of this because Ariadne had to fucking tell him. Yeah. Maul fucking shows up and fucking shoots Fisher as he's about to fucking get into the safe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because Cobb was fucking reluctant to shoot her, dude. Now, why would he be? Re- I mean, he knows she's a dream. You're gonna right? do. You're gonna do about her next time. Why don't you just shoot her in your dream, dude? <laughs> right. Yeah. He fucking shoots Maul, dude. But again, dude, Hans Zimmer's music in the back was so fucking dope, bro. It was so fucking perfect how the music fit into this scene, dude. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So now Fisher is fucking. Let's assume he's fucking dead, right? Yeah, he because is. that's exactly what he, is. he got fucking shot by Maul. Yeah. So how the fuck did he die right away? But fucking Saito's able to go to three fucking layers. Well, because in this dream, I guess it's like real time. But yeah, I mean, at this point, we're getting we're getting pretty fucking far into the woods here. Mm-hmm. He gets shot, instantly dies, and then they set up the whole defibrillator. Like, well, you yes. gotta wait. I'm pretty sure in real time, if you fucking your heart stops, which would mean you're dead. You can't really just wait twenty minutes and then fucking eat <laughs> so like, yeah. At this point, I'm I'm just like, all right, I'll, I'll just turn my brain off. Dude, did they carry a defibrillator with them, or did it happen to fucking be there? It was just magically in that fortress, which I guess. Well, could... I, yeah, because like it's their father's fortress. dying, right? Because, well, it... Oh, and also because like a fish's father is dying in the there, right? No, I think it's more. I think you're thinking too deep. It's more just like it's a fort, like a military fortress, and uh-huh. at that, oh, gotcha. That's they're, right. They're gonna have that kind of stuff. Yes. So this forces a new plan now because they think that the mission has failed. Mm-hmm. So what Ariadne proposes is that Cobb and her follow Saito and oh. Fisher down to Limbo because by now Saito has died. We, right. They don't know that. They say let's follow Fisher into the next level. So mm-hmm. Saito. Cobb says at some point, like, Saito's already dead at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's going to fucking die. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right? And so what happens is when they when they go, let's say, like, this is the new plan. They go and find Fisher in Limbo. All right? Because that's where you go when you fucking die in this, the powerful mm-hmm. sedative. Yeah. They're going to give him a kick that forces him to go back into the third dream. So what they're saying is they're, kill, they're going to kill him in Limbo? Yeah, I think so. So how does killing him in Limbo make him go back to the third? Doesn't that make you go into a deeper state? That's a good point. I don't know. Maybe it's only four layers. You can only go four layers deep. Okay. Let's think that then. Okay. All right. So then when he goes back into the third dream, he gets a defibrillator as a kick to fucking revive him. Mm -hmm. All right. And that in the third dream is to wake him up and then fucking open the safe Mm -hmm. and then plant the fucking idea. Mm -hmm. That is the new plan. However, when they go to limbo, you see that it is the beach from the beginning of the fucking movie. So when when Cobb woke up by that guy with the gun and they took his totem, that is the beginning of the movie. So this movie began in fucking limbo. 
Mm-hmm. So now you know that fucking Saito has been in limbo. That's why he's fucking old in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. All right? So now it seems that fucking Saito's been in limbo for years and years and years. Yeah. Right? That was fucking dope, man. Because I had no idea that the movie fucking began there in limbo. All right? So they also look for Maul because they know that Maul can't be too far behind now that they're in fucking limbo and and, and Cobb is there to populate uh-huh. the fucking limbo dream, right? Or the... The state well, of limbo. That's the that's the world that they lived in. Yes, when they yes. were in limbo. Yeah. Yes. And then this is the heartbreaking part, bro. Is that Cobb reveals that Cobb performed the inception on Maul. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So he broke into that safe that they had. She he took her totem, and planted the idea that her world wasn't real. Yeah. So that's why. That's why she didn't trust that's the That's why. Yeah, that's why she didn't fucking trust it because the the idea was already planted in limbo. But then again, why the fuck would he do that? Just for the fuck of knowing that Inception is real? No. Do that on your wife? That's fucked up, dude. No, so what happens is they explain that him, Cobb and Maul, they, they've already gone the deepest they can go. So they're in that fourth layer, right? Limbo. And, yeah, they're there for like, you say 50, 50 years 50, 50. i thought it was a lot longer but maybe i misheard but anyways um he eventually gets tired of it he wants to go back mm-hmm. but she doesn't she wants to stay mm-hmm. so the reason why he breaks into her thing to uh do the inception to plant the idea that the world isn't real is because he wants her to wake up to to leave with him because she won't leave without him and that's why he does all that shit yeah and then like for them to die though he has them put their head on the train tracks well, and you, have the train fucking go over them. Yeah, because at this point, she's so deep in there, she thinks that the world that they're building is the reality, and so she won't kill herself. Which, I don't know, why the fuck doesn't he just kill her? Yeah, but that's not the point, though. But the thing is, like, he planted the idea that the real world wasn't real, though. Why would he do that? Because she thinks that the world that they're in is real. She She's so deep into it that she thinks it's real, and she will refuse to believe that it's a dream. So... He can't convince her, so the only way he can convince her so that they can wake up from this fucking 10-layer dream is that he breaks into her thing and then tricks her to believe that the world isn't real. So then huh. that, that convinces her to join him that they can kill themselves in this fucking fourth-layer burrito dream. Huh. And then they wake <laughs> up to the real world, but since he inceptioned the idea that the world isn't fucking real, now yeah. in the real world... She has. She thinks that. Well, I got to kill myself to get to the. So it's yes. Yeah, isn't that isn't that a complete mind fuck right there, dude? I yeah. I guess that's one way to. Put wow. It. That I mean that that's a dick move on fucking Cobb though. Well, he has to. Otherwise, they they would have been because he didn't want to leave her. He didn't want to leave her in that dream state. Which I don't know why. Like, why didn't he just leave her, wake the fuck up to reality, and then wake her the fuck up? Uh-huh. But I don't know if you can't. Maybe you can't wake somebody up uh-huh. when they're in that. Maybe they die if you wake them up. Uh huh. But that's. My mind is fucked, dude, with that, dude. That that was so fucking amazing, though. I, I mean, it's still, dude, like, like I'm rooting for Cobb, but then he does this shit? But he had to. But, he had to, huh? But the, the side effect of that was that he fucked her mind up. Yeah. Like, just permanently. And, and because of this, he can't see his children now. Because he, that is what made her fucking want to, like, jump off the fucking bridge. Yeah. and Or, excuse me, the hotel. Well, yeah, because and then because she, she thinks that he is in denial about reality so that why she wants him to kill himself with her mm-hmm. but she knows she thinks that like he is like her that he won't accept it so she, that's why she declares herself sane 
And she yeah. says, oh, and I also put in this report that you beat me and that you're going to uh-huh. kill me. So she's like. So well, you have to fucking yeah, so jump she's for forced... a little bit after you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, fuck, dude. And then once that's revealed, man, the <laughs> second dream happens and Arthur synchronizes the music mm-hmm. so that now fucking Eames can hear it in the third dream and uses a defibrillator to use the fucking, um, yeah, to use it on Fisher so he can wake up. Mm-hmm. The weather change in Limbo is fucking awesome, bro, when this shit happens, dude. Because it makes like the background like fucking raining and shit, or not raining, but just, it looks like a tornado. Yeah, it's like basically. windy and shit, yeah. Yeah. And so Ariadne and Cobb find Ma at their home. The same fucking home where like uh, Ariadne went down to the memory dreams. Yep. Yeah. And then fucking Ma stabs Cobb, but nothing fucking happens. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. To where Ariadne fucking shoots Ma. Fucking like doesn't kill her instantly because fucking Cobb and her still are able to have a fucking full on conversation that you're not real and shit. Mm-hmm. To, it's like, all right, fucker, if obviously she wasn't real, then you tell her she's not real. Then why don't you just fucking shoot her when she fucking shot Fisher? Yeah. And then even at this point in time, Ariadne fucking, they find out where Fisher is and she just kicks him off the building to kill them. Like, why the fuck didn't Fisher do that to Maul in the first place instead of like <laughs> fucking with her mind? He's uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm going to do the super complex way instead of just, why don't I just shoot her in the fucking head and then she'll be awake. I am actually okay that that didn't happen, dude, because the scene where Ariadne kicks Fisher off of the uh, the the balcony yeah. or whatever, that scene was so fucking dope, bro. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I didn't think it was dope. I thought I was like, why the fuck is she kicking this guy? Because like, I thought like it's, you. It's it's the kick to revive him to go back into the third dream. That's what I'm saying, though. But like, okay, she kicked Fisher off to fucking give him the kick. Why Then why the fuck did he Inception uh Maul, Maul. when he why don't he just give her a kick? A, uh-huh. little, a literal kick in the ass. Why don't he fucking kick her off a building and then be like, yeah. oh, the, then you're still alive. And you're not crazy. So yeah, so you're saying that the inception wasn't even fucking yeah, necessary and that's shit like exa- that. that's so I'm like, what the f-? so I was like, what the fuck? Why did she kick this fool off the building? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Okay. Fuck. You're right, dude. You're right. That's true. But then like, okay, so to go forward, bro, like he is revived into the third dream. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause like they, he gets kicked off the, the fucking balcony area or the porch area, right? Yeah, like a like a eighty-five yeah. million story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then now, and then it's synchronized with the defibrillator, so he wakes up as a kick. So now he's awake in the third dream again, and then that's where he enters like the room where his father is dying. Yeah. And then when earlier when they said that he only heard the word disappointed when he uh-huh. was about to die. Yeah. He then clearly says that he was disappointed that he tried as yeah. far as like starting that co- or like taking over the company or whatever it was. The, at this point, Fisher is three layers deep. So their plan worked. The, mm-hmm. They were trying to convince him to convince himself to dissolve the company. Yeah. At this point, he imagines that his father said that he was disappointed that he tried to be like his father. Yeah. So. So to that, that makes him open up the safe where mm. there are documents, but the documents turn into that fucking fan toy. Well, there's documents, but he pulls out the the fan toy, which tracks with the picture, right? It's yeah, it's showing that oh, my father actually did love me, even though his father mm-hmm. in reality was probably a piece of shit. And yeah, he was telling him he's disappointed in him. The symbolism in that is fucking fantastic, though, bro. Yeah, I, I really much enjoyed that shit. I guess. Yeah. And then you see that like he grabs his hand and then he fucking dies. In his arms, or not, in, in his hands, mm-hmm. basically. And then like, that's where, like, Eames blows up the building, and that's where the idea is planted, right? Mm-hmm. 
It's fucking great. Like the way Eames looks at him and he fucking nods. That's where he knows. All right, it's time to blow this fucking place up and let's get the 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 kicks to synchronize. Let's get the fuck back home and shit yeah. like that. But before that, bro, this fucking scene was amazing, dude. Is that now we're back in limbo? Where Ariadne fucking like she tells Cobb, all right, you need to find Saito. Saito is down here. Mm-hmm. All right, get the fuck out of there. Let's get back home. And then this is where I have a problem with Leo's acting. It's like, fucker, like you have the projection of Maul, your wife, who's fucking up this whole fucking mission for you. And when Ariadne says, all right, go find Saito, he just goes, I will. Does he? I, yeah, I thought he, it was his idea. He cause... just says, I will. It's like, no, fucker, like you have your fucking dying projection of your wife in your fucking arms. It's fucking everything up. Like if I'm Christopher Nolan, I've been like, cut, like, fuck her. Like, give me more emotion, dude. Uh, you well, know, I, I wasn't focusing on that. I thought because. I question everything, but Ariadne Ariadne was trying to get Cobb to leave with her, and he's like, "No, I can't." Uh-huh. And then she's like, "Why? Your wife is dying, or whatever." He's like, "I don't." He was probably saying, "I don't give a fuck about that. I need to find Saito." Uh-huh. So, so it was Cobb's idea to fucking stay there. Mm-hmm. And then, but yeah, well, he has to stay regardless. He has to find Saito. Little that shortly. Well, he, technically, he doesn't. He could just be like, "Fuck that fool." No, or, no, no. He has to watch. I'll get to that in a little yeah, bit. To say, the, yeah, okay. the part I love about this scene, bro. Is that when Ariadne says, go find Saito, all right? Don't forget, like, the plan. She fucking jumps off the balcony, dude. And then when she's, like, going down, mm-hmm. the way she's looking up, dude, with Hans Zimmer's fucking music, bro. Fuck. I got goosebumps, brother. Fucking thinking about this scene, dude. That scene was <laughs> fucking dope, dude. Mm-hmm. I fucking rewinded it, like, eight times, dude, when I watched it the first time. I fucking love that scene, dude. That's one of, if not my favorite scenes in the fucking movie. Huh. All right? Uh... Cobb then fucking okay, so all that shit right. The the kick synchronized. The van finally fucking lands into the water. Mm-hmm. Fucking thirty million years later. Mm, yep. Fisher talks to Brownie. Okay, so they all get out right. The key the kicks fucking wake them all wake up. So they're like, oh shit, we're in a van. We yeah. gotta get the fuck out of here. We're underwater. Mm-hmm. They all take off. Fisher talks to Browning. I put that in quotes because it's not Browning. It's Eames impersonating him. Yep. And he tells him that I'm going to make a path for myself. And I'm going to, like, not follow in my father's footsteps. And uh, basically, he's going to give the sell the rest of the company to Saito. So right there, we fucking know. The Inception was successful. Everything fucking worked. Amazing how everything did. Back at Limbo, it is the beginning of the movie. Saito is old as fuck. And this is why it's important that Cobb had to go back. It's because Saito's mind is already fucked, thinking that his reality as an old man... In limbo, that's his reality. Uh-huh. So he has to go back and meet with them to remember him about the agreement that they had. Yeah, and that is the whole leap of faith shade in the beginning of the fucking film. Huh. So in this case, I'm saying, was it actually a fucking benefit that they had to go to limbo? Because they make it a whole scene that hey, fuck it, we fucking die, we're going to limbo, dude. Yeah, but in the way is that like, it's a benefit now because if if fucking uh, Saito wakes up. And he doesn't remember what the fuck the agreement is. Then what was the whole point of him going down he and didn't. fucking telling him? Uh, yeah, I guess that. Yeah, I didn't think of that. It's a benefit that they went to limbo. Kind of. They weren't supposed to. They weren't, dude. But then how the fuck was Saito supposed to remember when he wakes up? If he's right there to remember him. Hey, our agreement, dude. Don't forget our agreement. You're about to wake up, you know, because you're old as shit, dude. I don't know, man, because they <laughs> they fucking waked up Fisher and he was in limbo. Mm-hmm. But I guess Saito had been there for longer, but because because he died earlier, mm-hmm. 
I at this point, I'm just okay. I accept it, dude. Yeah, they wake Gabro in the plane. It's mm. crazy how they all react. They're all looking at Cobb like, fuck, it worked, man. Mm. That shit was so fucking sick. Saito wakes up. He's fucking like delirious, huh? He's just like, man, what the fuck did I just go through right now? Yeah, because he was lost forever. Mm-hmm. He he was lost the longest mm-hmm. since he died in the first dream. Well, I guess technically Cobb would have been lost the longest. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because he got there first. Uh, Well, before, right? Because he was in limbo with yeah. him all those years and shit. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So he makes a phone call. They go into the airport. Cobb passes the customs, no problem. Sir Michael Caine's right there waiting for him, his father. Mm-hmm. Right? So then they go home. And then he finally reunites with his children. And then in the prior times that you see James and Philippa, you don't see their faces. It's all You never see it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you finally see their faces, dude. Yeah. By the way, James's hair, he has the same haircut as the fucking guitarist from ABBA. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> no. That fucking glorious fucking head of hair he has on him. <laughs> fucking little kid, man. Um, and then right before he's going to fucking uh, embrace with his children, he gets the totem, the top, right? Which, yeah. again, it's not even his. It's Maul's. Mm. And he fucking spins it, man. Yep. And it spins and it spins and it spins. And the embrace, it's fucking beautiful. He's reunited with his children. The top begins to wobble a little bit. And then the movie fucking cuts, bro. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of Inception. A fine fuck of a film. Super fucking deeply layered, but I fucking loved it, man. This was one of, if not the most complex films I've ever seen. I've watched it over 10 times. Every time I watch it, it's I find something new every day. And now speaking with you about it, brother, discussing it, I found out more shit about it. Hmm. Yes. Overall thoughts? Well, not overall thoughts, but overall. W- w- uh, not overall, I, I should say hmm. again. Just little, a little opinion on it so far. I feel like there was a reason why I didn't watch this movie for so long. It was built up a lot. For me personally, I don't feel the same way as you. I feel like it was a bit overly complex just to mm-hmm. be complex. And, well, I'll get more into the, my yeah. final thoughts. But Okay. Yeah. It's great that you you, t- you brought up the over-complex part. So now we're getting into the other work from our actors and actresses. Uh, also, uh, Christopher Nolan. And I'm going to bring up Tenet real quick because to me, I watched Tenet three times and I still do not understand it, bro. Hmm. I thought Tenet was a film where Christopher Nolan tried and tried and tried to be over fucking complex to the point where I found it like too fucking like too much for me. Hmm. And I believe me, I love movies and how much I like to like figure shit out on them yeah. and bring up theories. To me, I was like, nah, I, I, this is too fucking confusing for me. Uh, I'll probably watch it again. Uh, just to fucking see if I can get anything else, but it was almost to the point where I didn't even really like it because it was mm. so fucking confusing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a film about with Christopher Nolan that I want to bring up that I think people should go out of way to watch, and this is a complex film as well. It is a fantastic fucking film, and that is The Prestige mm. with um, Hugh Jackman. Yep. And Christian Bale. They are magicians in like the 1900s. And they try to one one up each other as far as their uh, their performances go, mm. and just there's so many fucking complex things about that fucking. Have you seen the Prestige? Brother? Yeah, I love that movie. That's a good fucking one. Fucking great film. Do you have anything on Christopher Nolan before we go into the next one? Um, I forgot to mention it earlier, but yes, Interstellar. Yes, I feel like I feel like Inception was kind of like a stepping stone for him to make Interstellar because I think that was his next movie, right? Interstellar. I believe you know, so. 
No, I'm wrong. It was it was, was it, it was Inception, then it was The Dark Knight Rises, and then it was Interstellar. Oh, you're right, brother. You're right. But you're I feel right. like the ideas he played with in Inception was kind of like the stepping stone for Interstellar. Personally, I liked Inception way better than Interstellar because I watched Inter like when I watched Inception, I mm-hmm. said, "Dude, I got to watch it again and again." I watched Interstellar one time, and I was like, all right, "I'm all right." Yeah, you know, I've you only know? seen Interstellar once or twice, maybe. But I'm but the op- it, it is a fantastic film, though. I'm the opposite. I I feel like Interstellar was a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by no means my favorite movie of all time, but uh, I enjoyed that one better. All right. So let's get into Leonardo DiCaprio, brother. Mm. I, I already mentioned that he is one of my favorite actors of all time. I've seen just about all of his films. Uh, the one movie that I feel that not enough people have checked out is Blood Diamond. Mm. Have you seen that one, brother? I don't think so. It's... Oof. Yeah, fucking great film. So. Um, he has a South African accent on it. Uh, mm. Leo's very good with his accents. I feel, um, he's so fucking good in it. I I know I'm about to butcher his name, but it also has I believe it's pronounced Jimon Honzu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <just> okay, <laughs> okay, but it's about like finding uh, diamonds in Africa, and then like, uh, Leo is a a, a smuggler, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, in Africa if you find diamonds, yeah, it's fucking a gold mine basically you know to get out of poverty and shit like that but it's such a good film i know brother you're a big fan of jennifer connelly she's in the film as well please go out of you and check that out man blood diamond is a fantastic film you got anything on leo brother Uh, i wouldn't say that leo is definitely not one of my favorite actors of all time may i ask why before you get into that dude um i feel like for me he's one of those actors that i don't mind him when i see him but I don't go out of my way to watch mm. anything he's in. But if, I well, think he's fantastic, brother. He's you get quality with him. In my one opinion. thing that jumps to mind that I do like him in is "What's Eating Gilbert Grape." Yeah, brother. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Have you? I read the book, brother. I have not read the book, but I've seen book. the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, brother, if I can just chime in here a little bit about that movie. Yeah. Is that I have a decade of experience working with handicap. Mm-hmm. So when I see Leo as Arnie with mm-hmm. all his mannerisms. The speech and everything, the way he moves around, everything, man. It is so believable. Yeah. The fact that he got snubbed of a fucking Oscar on that one is fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. That was amazing performance Uh for him being so young to do that shit. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. That's an all-around good movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp, Juliette Lewis, fantastic shit right there, brother. All right, let's get to uh, Ken Watanabe now, brother. Mm-hmm. I think you and I had the same film on this one, dude. Yeah. All right? And I am not a big fan of Tom Cruise. We've already yep. mentioned that on this podcast. But Ken Watanabe and uh, Tom Cruise join up to do The Last Samurai, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is a sick fucking movie. Yeah, I like that Very movie. much enjoyed that one. Um, I just, uh, To be honest, dude, the, what reminds me of The Last Samurai nowadays mm-hmm. is in The Chappelle Show. Do you remember uh, Paul Mooney? No. When he's like, what is it with these movies nowadays? He goes, why is there the Mexican starring Brad Pitt? Oh. <laughs> then we have The Last Samurai starring Tom Cruise. He's like, what's next? The Last N on Earth starring Tom Hanks? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, did you ever see that? No, movie? I didn't see that. No. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say the word, but <laughs> come on. That was fucking amazing. Check out The Last Samurai. If you enjoyed Ken Watanabe mm-hmm. in Inception, check out The Last Samurai. That is a sick flick, dude. Yeah. Very good. Uh, we're going to get into Marion Cotillard now. Marion Cotillard is one of my favorite actresses, believe it or not. She is fucking fantastic. Uh, in the in the film Inception, when Arthur gets the the music kick mm-hmm. from Edith Piaf, yep. Marion Cotillard won an Oscar for a role playing a biopic. That is La Vie and Rose. Mm. That is a fucking amazing. I mean, 
to me, this is one of those movies where the performances, the performance fucking goes over, overshadows the entirety of the movie. She is fucking phenomenal in that. She made me believe that she was Edith Piaf for a minute, man. Mm. A fucking victory, uh, an Oscar victory, well deserved, brother. Anything on Marion Cotillard, brother? I do have one more, though, before. Uh, uh, I'll probably let you get into that because I've seen her before mm-hmm. and I know, I know I've seen movie, like more than one movie with her, but I didn't know her name and okay. I can't think of anything. Well, she was in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. She, yeah. No, I've seen her in other stuff, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, the next film I want to get into with her, she's not in it a long time, mm-hmm. but it's a film that people I feel should go out of there and check out. And that is a Tim Burton film called Big Fish. Have you seen that one, dude? Danny DeVito? God, I saw you and that. McGregor? I saw that one in 2005 or yeah. when it came out. So. Dude, okay. So here's the thing with Big Fish. I love the movie, dude. The ending of that movie almost had me crying. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it a second time. And I go, this isn't fucking sad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one of those films where I wish I could have watched it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So like that. And then lastly, brother, before we get into our world thoughts, we're going to get to Killian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to say it's not a movie. Please go out of your way and check out the Peaky Blinders, man. That movie's mm. uh, that show is fucking awesome. Mm. Uh, I do not smoke, dude, but that show makes me want to have a cigarette. Because <laughs> they smoke an abundance of cigarettes in that show. Yeah. Man. You got anything on Killian Murphy, brother? Yeah, I have a couple of things. I'll, I'll mention briefly the first uh, movie. I read the book, actually, for a college course. Mm. It's called Breakfast on Pluto, and they adapted yeah. it, they adapted it to a movie where he plays the um, transvestite woman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a tra- I forgot if it's a transvestite or trans. It's a trans, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I saw the movie, but God, it, his acting in it, I remember it being kind of striking, but I don't really remember a whole lot about the book or the movie. But that one definitely gets a lot of love hate. You know, mm-hmm. there's yeah, a, it's there's a lot of rising. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of controversy on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a trailer on. Breakfast at Pluto. Mm-hmm. Breakfast on Pluto, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, where it has a really fucking sick song oh. in it. Do you, do you remember, dude, when we were like fucking going through movies to I think to I was review? too drunk to remember, but <laughs> I remember yeah. watching the trailer. I don't remember the song. Because we were thinking about reviewing Breakfast on Pluto yeah, for that, a minute. That would have been a weird one. Yeah, it would have, man. But I also have one more that I do yeah, like. Kind, of, kind of a guilty pleasure with uh, Chris Evans also uh, is Sunshine. Did yeah. You, did you ever see that one? Fuck yeah, I did, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> We're all entitled to guilty pleasures, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that yeah. movie. So I like Commando. <laughs> I love Commando, so it's okay. Yeah. You know? Bottoms up, brother, and we'll get into all our thoughts right here. Yep. Cheers. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, bro, let me go first, yeah? Go ahead. Overall, man, I thought the 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 casting in this was fucking excellent, man. Mm. Uh despite the the guy that played Peter Browning, I thought every fucking actor did their job phenomenal in this, man. Um to me. It's really hard to pick just one character who's my favorite because they were all so vital to their roles in this fucking movie as a, as a whole. Uh, to me, this is considered a modern-day fucking masterpiece. Yeah, we do have those like little nitpicks in here, like plot holes and shit like that, but this is a film that I can put on any time I fucking want to and I can find something different, and that's what I'm looking for in a fucking film, a fucking fully layered, complex film that's going to make me think about this shit, man. It's very rewatchable for me. It is very lengthy for like, it's like two hours, like 45 minutes. But I don't give a fuck if I'm invested in the characters and or the fucking plot. Um, I fucking absolutely love it, man. Christopher Nolan like, was fucking amazing with his direction. I can't say enough about Hans Zimmer's fucking soundtrack. It fit the, mil- the film fucking perfectly. I absolutely fucking love this film, brother. 
give me nine and a half stars out of ten. I Damn. fucking love this movie, bro. Huh. My sister would have given it probably a ten out of ten. Damn. Yeah. Uh, for me, this movie, like I said before, there was a reason why I didn't watch it. It was just kind of a nagging uh, thought in the back of my mind. I feel like this movie tries too hard. Mm-hmm. I wasn't invested in the characters because it, this movie holds your hand a lot. For me, it was kind of putting the facade of being complex, uh, but they explain everything to you in almost an obnoxious way. Uh, where I mean, I wasn't there wasn't really any part of this film where I was confused, but I I couldn't get invested in the characters. It's like, yeah, we have the whole backstory with Maul and Cobb and shit, but I just it just I it just didn't it just didn't connect with me i guess in the way that you did um i didn't have a problem with the cinematography i thought it was shot very well the acting was very good uh the cgi i thought it was going to be a lot more um overhanded just based off of like the trailers and stuff that i've seen like snippets of but it wasn't um but yeah like i said this movie for me is pretty um, almost forgettable like i mm. i don't have a lot of questions because i felt like it held my hand the whole way it kind of reminds me of like Rick and Morty. That's another. Uh, it's, a, it's a show where where I heard a lot about like, oh, this is such a smart show, and mm-hmm. you know, it's so complex. And then I was like, I I didn't watch that one for a few years, and then when I finally did, I was like, this, yeah, like it's not smart. It, they're just making fart jokes with, <laughs> about with science. Like it. So this movie for me, I just, it, I am not gonna go out of my way to watch it again. Maybe since I've already seen it. Uh, I'll check it out one more time, but I'm going to give this a 5.5 out of 10. Tough judging on it, bro. Yeah. The next time you're at the pad, bro, my sister sees me, she gives you sweet chin music or a dropkick. And this, yeah, this is not, (laughs) this movie also is one of those polarizing movies too, because uh, I looked it up. I'm like, maybe I, I just, I just didn't get it. But Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that who think like this is the greatest film of all time. Mm. But there's also a lot of people who say this movie fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. And then one of the comments that cracked me up, is this guy I was like, yeah, I didn't like this movie. I was waiting for Ken Watanabe to put on his samurai suit and fucking start killing people. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I think I'm with that guy. If it was a dream, it was it would have been possible. <laughs> and it would have been know? badass. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, brother. I this is the good thing about this. Uh-huh. We're not always gonna agree on shit. Yeah. You know? So I dig it. Um if I could say uh one thing that might have skewed your ranking on it is that you waited so long for it. Yeah. If you had Watched it the year it came out, mm-hmm. like I did. Yeah. Then, yeah, you you're fucked. You, yeah. Who knows? Who that's, knows? That's definitely one of the aspects that I took into account, and I, it's good that you brought it up because I didn't mention is that yeah, it was really inflated in my mind. So I'm already holding it to almost an impossible standard. So that's mm-hmm. definitely going to skew my view a lot lower. But then, um, despite all that, I went out of my way to avoid everything about this movie. Like I've never sat down and watched a trailer. Whenever mm-hmm. I see anything about this movie, I would always like turn away or click it off. Yeah. The only thing like I would joke about is like a dream within a dream because, you know, that just got in there. But yeah. I will say what kind of like dulls that perspective is that if I hadn't seen The Dark Knight mm-hmm. and I feel like if I watched it today, that movie, I would still be like, fuck, that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not sure this one doesn't doesn't jump out as me as like that i guess is the way to put it no problems with that brother mm-hmm. that's the whole point of this podcast yeah the differences of opinions and shit yep to that i drink to that brother cheers cheers mm-hmm. 
And we're going to end it right there, man. Thank you so much for bearing with us for this complex film. Fuck. This is a long one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got the longest one. Yeah. Hey, your, your guys, is if you're listening to this, I just want to say this, all right? Everybody's time here is precious, right? The fact that you take the time to spend your days or your time to listen to us ramble about movies and beer means the absolute world to me. So we want to thank you for that, all right? It means a lot. Um, join us for next week. It is our season finale. And we have a fuck. I'm just going to say it now. It is fucking depressing. Bring the tissues out for this one. You're, it's going to take you on a roller coaster of emotions. So be on the lookout for that. All right. So remember to be kind to one another. I will admit, I've been fucking lacking on that, right, brother? Some oh, stories yeah. I've told you about. Yeah, yeah. But more on that in the recap episode when we get to that shit. Uh -huh. All right. Much love to all of you. All right. You guys are fucking amazing for continuing the support. Much love to all of you. Peace. Mwah. Peace. See you later. Thank you again for sticking with us to the very end. Please join us next week for our season four finale. You're gonna wanna bring out tissues for this one as we review one of the most heartbreaking and depressing yet beautifully crafted documentaries ever made. And that movie is Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father. A film directed by Kirk Kenny. Please go out everybody to watch this film and then join us for the discussion portion of the show. Love to all and bottoms up. <laughs>